welcome to the Rawcast. My name is James Price, here to lead you through the Odyssey that is the Brisbane Raw Football Club. And holy heck, we have so much Odyssey to look at because we haven't recorded in ages and lots of football happened. Anyway, we have three of the best joining me today. Mr. Ben Clark, how are we, good sir? The best. The I mean, best I could scruffle up. Yeah, okay, <laughs> yeah, yeah, fair enough. Yeah. Hey, it was like, you know, the other guys, sure, but me, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, well, and he's on a strict limit on how much he's around to rant today, all right? Because this podcast is going to go long no matter what. And, 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 and fuck, if you get me started on ScoMo. Oh, I don't, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Scotty yeah. from Marketing Mate. Don't use his yeah. own made-up nickname. Yeah. Mr. Dan Butler, how are we? Very good. This is such a big episode, we can call it the Godacy. <laughs> Shit. And that person. <laughs> <laughs> Breaking podcast, and he gets to swear appropriately. I, I also think. would have. <laughs> Is Yeshiva, the green fucking dinosaur himself. How are you, good sir? I am doing okay, although I'd, I'd like more than uh, three points this week. That would be nice, but uh, we'll get to that later on. But hey, on a different news, high five this podcast finally being half regulars, half guests. Yes. Does that yeah. mean we've got twice as much chance of going far orange? That assumes someone's done one. <laughs> <laughs> Guess what? Guess what I'm doing for the majority of this podcast. I'll be back later, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Have you actually got one ready? I've got one ready. Oh, okay. there we go. There we go. Although I haven't actually been the... Uh, <laughs> you haven't guessed one for a long time. I haven't guessed one for a long time. Look, it's uh, been a pretty in, mixed bag. In, in, the lost podcast, in the Lost Podcast, we, we, I, I must say this because I don't think we're going to get a chance to actually no, ask, no, no. Um, ask Dave this one. Our Going for Orange that we did in that time was a really, really corking one, mm. which ended up being Scott Gemmell. <laughs> um, and Pricey finally got it on the very last question. Yeah. And one of my clues was his name is the country he represents because <laughs> his actual name is Scotland Gemmell. Yeah. Um, so great Great, great clues, you know. On oh, that. yeah, so, you went all so, over, Charlotte. It was a good know, one. It was a good one. Unfortunately, yeah, we didn't. And that's fine. You're not allowed to guess anymore. Yeah. You're just the questionnaire. Yeah. <laughs> as, yeah as per still probably win. As per Rawcast Etiquette, this has now become the Going for Orange podcast. Uh, if you want the uh, <laughs> if you want the actual Rawcast, there's a uh, five-hour version coming in two days. <laughs> <laughs> all, right. all right. This is episode 13 of the Rawcast. Let's get into it. We will start with the A-League because I couldn't be bothered working out who's the best. Well, we know it's the best. It's a Wiley team, but we'll get on to them. Uh it is new, It was Newcastle Jets won Dimi Patetos Patratos in the 32nd minute. Brisbane Raw won as well. A Brad get in, man. <laughs> Thanks, Dan. And the 87th minute, rescuing a point in front of 7,449 people at McDonald Jones Stadium. I was one of them uh, with our former host, uh, Mr... Mr. Fencetter himself, Mr. Adams. So uh, we were there in the crowd watching. Uh, bookings, Hoffman in the 44th minute. <coughs> Bowls, Drink in the 56th minute. Topless only in the 58th minute. And Angus, the Pup Macquarie, Pele, Thurgate in the 77th minute. Yes, that's apparently what they're calling him. Yep. Does, does Pele let the other team draw by missing last-minute open goals like as well? Yeah, well, I don't yeah, know. He didn't, he, do much. he didn't do that in this game. Look, a couple of big talking points. I mean, we won't spend too long on this because this game was a while ago. But the what? big talking points that really flow also into the next game as well, which is the Wanderers game, was, of course, ICR Rod getting, that's inanimate carbon, getting dropped, and Maradovic and AAH starting up top. Who wants yeah. to have a go? Ben, I feel like you have thoughts on this. I do. My God, it's amazing when you actually get some youth and enthusiasm up front. Mm. And... The one thing that I will say is that as much as I am massive DWH fan, very much want to see him given these opportunities, I 
can't help but think he's on his way out. I, anyway, I agree with you. I can't right? imagine why like you would why you'd want to stay if you're getting guys promoted from the youth team ahead of you when you proved yourself as basically the man, mm. and then you've been left out for a guy that can't run, can't do anything, then gets you know that guy miraculously gets dropped, and you get Muradovic playing ahead of him. Like I want to see Muradovic in the first team. Don't get me wrong, but why? When you've got Wenzel Hall's there, would he be promoted into the first team? It just boggles the mind. That that all said, Muradovic played really well. He's a guy that is going to be with our team going forward. You know, if Wenzel Hall's is smart, he will leave this club. Yeah, honestly, it, it's it, he's and he's twenty seven. He's older than people probably think. He's, no, um, he's only twenty three. No, no, no we, we've had this. Before. Uh, we've, we've had this before. We've we've had this where we, we, we're not sure what his age is. Ben, I can agree with you there because I don't know. How many people he used to read them, but I in the early days of everyone knows the four four two magazine in Australia. Yeah. In the early days, it was always stars to watch in in not even the national Premier League, but in the the state leagues every time. And you'd always see all those players that would be in there. Finally, we've got a player that's been in the state league, has got a chance to sign for an A league side and actually do well. Finally, one of those rare gems. But literally, he's ju- he's going to be jumping on the. Brisbane brought in an in out shuffle wagon. So I can't wait for him to be top scorer at Melbourne Victory. Anyway, Dan, you've been asking for the change, I think, up top. Oh, I just I'm I wasn't the first to jump down the Dylan Winslow Hall's bandwagon, mm-hmm. but I think I'm, I'm with what we've been saying. What why would you bring in Mazza to start when you've got Dylan sitting there? Like he must have done something wrong or he must have mm-hmm. put his hand up and I I just can't understand it. We saw and we'll get to it the Western Sydney game where we had an injury up front and so third choice striker Roy Donovan went back on. So we still overlooked Dylan when we needed a 60, uh, 70 minute. I don't even know if he was in the squad that day because I think he played youth league around that he played a youth league Correct. game. So I don't even so, know if he was in the squad against Wanderers. So I'm struggling. He was on the bench there. against Newcastle, but yeah. yeah. Random random thought. Do we think he's potentially maybe pissed off a certain uh, god? It's, it would I mean it, it, it has to be that. Like it, it has to be. And I would not be be surprised if uh we see some mutuality uh, <laughs> as destruction in the box. Uh, like to put yeah, it. Let's get mutual. Let's get mutual. 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 Um, you but, can list them in our team now, can't you? You can go Dylan. You can go Stefan's probably the same because yeah. he's out of favour. George Mills just can't get a look in. Like no matter what he does, yeah, he, he, can't, like, mate, he can't even get a look in the Wiley team half the time. So, and then yeah, I mean we get on. I mean you're getting into the news section already. But anyway, can you, you, to, can you imagine what this would be if suddenly if Jamie Youngster wasn't getting starts and it was Croker? How many? mind-boggling decisions this club's got. At least we seem to have fixed that one up. And we will get on to him in a second in this game because he was immense. He was absolutely immense. I did want to say about this one because I was there at the game that we were actually pretty good for the first 20 minutes in, in this game. Like, we really clearly had a plan that they'd been working on. We had the buy before this game and they'd clearly been working on a thing. On a thing. I reckon they, they kept Muradovic up their sleeve. They wanted to surprise the Jets because he wasn't even in the original squad. And then they did the whole laid-in, laid-out thing, which costs us money, but... It's chump change for what it is. Yeah. Um, so, you know, we really try to spring the surprise on Newcastle and, you know, and it worked for the first 20 minutes. But then I think the more experienced coach tweaked how Newcastle played. And once they worked and once they worked out what we're doing and made adjustments, made adjustments appropriately, then they nullified our attack. We had absolutely nothing. All we did was pass past me around the back three or sort of five. We'd flick it out wide to Ingot and Scotty Neville who were really trying to bomb them or back to the back three. And, you know, eventually they were able to capitalise and, and that was their best period of the game was that sort of 20-odd minutes leading into half-time when, you know, and that's when their best chances were. We had nothing, like, and that was the depressing part was it was like, 
you could see was really positive. And, and honestly, David Pereira was sitting uh, just two rows behind me for most of it. And it was, yeah, like, it, I mean, you could just see them, like, getting annoyed and upset. It was like, it's that, like, he obviously sees them training. It's like, what are we working on? Yeah, it's falling apart. <laughs> it's falling apart really quickly. And, yeah, so... It wasn't great defending for the goal that they scored, though. Um, I can't remember <laughs> it. I remember it being really poor defending. Yeah, I think uh, so. It was a double save. It was a save by Jamie Young. It, Hoffman got. I think it was Hoffman. Anyone remember? I think it was Hoffman. It was got Hoffman. through. Hoffman got through. And Forster got a really good save out of Jamie Young, one of his first. And then Petrados was sort of just on the there on, on yeah. the follow up to bang it. But no one tracked Petrados. Like right. yeah. once again, no every time we seem to play against him, we seem to say the same thing. How do you not know to track We're going to be at the point soon where there's going to be no players that have actually played with Dimmy. <laughs> we're back to just ooh, how do we just how do we scope this guy? Yeah, yeah, no that's one actually knows me. There's not many that have actually played with him. Yeah. No, Jack, that's it. Yeah, Jack, Jack good. and Jamie. I mean, that, that was a, oh, sorry. that was a big positive from the game. Was that was the return of Jacking it as well? And I thought he actually looked pretty handy out there. So um, yeah, look, I certainly think he's a. You know, the fact that he's actually playing in his natural position. <laughs> yeah. Because, <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, we have to remember that's how we started out in the A-League. It's, you know, playing right, well, yeah. more of a wing back yeah, with the fury. He's always had a pretty good attacking instinct to him, and I feel like yeah. it's been dragged out of him a bit. And, yeah, it's kind of, so. yeah, it's kind of been suppressed a little bit over the last couple of years in particular. But when we were in our heyday, you know, and mm. in, our, in our real pomp and prime, you know, he was bursting down that wing all the time and putting in crosses. So, and then we did the most logical thing and put him on the left in the next game. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Uh, that was one of the notes I had for the next game. Yeah, 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 we, yeah, we inverted Neville and, and uh, Hingit all game, um, which is just, yeah, I don't... But we knew this is a problem we knew we'd eventually get to, I think, with mm. Hingit coming back. And when we signed Neville, I'm pretty sure everyone said that. Yeah, because well, I think his more natural position is right wing back. They're both right wing backs. You can tell them yeah. where they play. Neville... It's decent centre back, but he's not a natural. Mm. Yeah. So, um, and then second half, I honestly don't remember what happened for most of it because because, it was turgid shit. Yeah, it really was. It was absolutely like the second half in particular, but I mean the whole game really Mm. was outside that first twenty minutes. At this stage, remember this was a last be second last in the league as well. Yeah, Uh, and 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 it looked like it. Yeah, really obviously, and you know the the standard football was shit. And it was shit chances, you know, bad defending, shit midfield play, no creativity from both sides, yeah. not just from us. Uh, but, you know, you, going by the talent on the pitch, you'd probably expect, you know, Jets to be resemble that a bit more than we do. But they had a very defensive <coughs> midfield. And so they really only had sort of two or three up front. And they'll sort of, they'll try and knock it along and try and get in behind us. Oh, that's, 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 look, it was effective in the fact that Jamie Young was forced into a bunch of really good saves in this game. And I'm pretty sure he won save of the week, surely, for that. For the, yeah, he did for the, uh, for the one where it was basically concussed. Yes. Uh, oh, yeah, by, by heading into his own player. Yeah. <laughs> um, was down on the ground. Literally, they realized that play was not stopping. So he basically he got the word to just stand up. Basically, as soon as he stood up, he had to make an absolute worldy, yeah, specky save. One to, of those, yeah, to, leaning you know, back behind you, to, leaning back to scrape it out. Yeah, sort of just gems like we saw from Mac Arnold a few weeks ago. Mm. Um, and um, yeah, just an absolute fucking classic of a save. And and then he finally had time to get treated after that yeah. save. Um, so it, yeah, he had a massive and I'm pretty sure oh, the <coughs> Wanderers game. He had a, he had a massive one on one with someone. Was that the Wanderers game? He had a massive against Jets. Thurgate busted through in like 
80th minute or something, yeah. and he was one-on-one, and, yeah, Jamie Young parried that one. Um, and that was after that was, save as well, I'm pretty yeah, sure. Yeah, that was later in the game. That was right near the end. Yeah, and so, he had serious blood on his jersey. Like, I, yeah. I, um, I saw him post-game as they came over to shake hands, and there was a fair bit of blood on the on the jersey. So, oh, yeah. yeah no, so well, it's, he, well, he showed off the uh, cut on the coverage after, mm, the, after the game. Yeah, so. we're all sort of saying, because obviously it's sort of weird. Like, he's standing in the middle of the field with a set of headphones on, like literally like almost in the center circle to like pretty much be in that, like, the main camera. But, <laughs> 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 like, you know, the Fox Sports Studio people to talk to him. And, you know, all the other players have sort of come past. And it's like, come on, Jamie, hurry up. <laughs> um, but, you know. Fox Sports from this league. We're going to find for changing a team at the last minute. We can't <laughs> afford another one. <laughs> so, but then the Thunder Bastard. Do you remember it, Nate? Well, I just watched it uh, back before, and uh, it was just the uh, shot on the arm we needed because, not that I actually watched the game, but um, notification-wise, I was getting quite worried up until mm, that goal. That was sort of, yeah. yeah, it was. I mean, yes, we'd won the week before, but I was starting to get worried that this team was going nowhere fast. And yeah, but, well, but, I mean, you know, but look. Sometimes a couple of football results can change things, and yeah, and and, and what it what it shows, and obviously as we as we'll, we'll get into the next game as well in a second, that Brad Eamon is a bit of a confidence player, and he's not wrong. <laughs> and now that he's tailed up, he's looking great, and it's it's funny. Like I, I was like, oh great, Brad Eamon's coming on. Well, it's <laughs> this is not going to help our situation at all. And uh, there's another fellow he stands quite near us in the den. Actually, um, he's a Villa fan. I, I can't remember his name, Sam. And he like blasted him. Not the fucking waste of What you're bringing him on for? You know, it was just uh, which actually I was there with my grandfather, and it shocked my grandfather a bit. Actually, he was like, oh, geez, he's a bit angry." Isn't <laughs> <laughs> that's your own team. That's your yeah. own team's player. Oh, so you don't, don't take your grandfather into the den with you on a regular game. So. <laughs> no, but but Inman's goal it was tidy. It was it was nice. Yeah, was, absolutely. And uh, off the top bar, always always a good feel. And uh, yeah. yeah, you know, and uh, still a point. And really, it was it, like because once again. The old fucking, you know, we're playing one of the worst teams in the league, and we couldn't create shit. Yeah, Ooh. you guys are jets. So you go. No, no. You, I, thought, I was going to say, do we have? Are we going into news later on about uh, coaches and different things? Oh, yes. I mean, we can bring it up now. I guess. Well, okay, that's wanted. fine because I'm going to take that Inman goal as the bye bye Ernie. Bye bye. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm going to take that as some of the, the beginnings. Yeah, it was definitely the Inman goal and not the. 4 0 loss, 6 2 loss, and 4 oh, yeah. loss. Yeah, right. <laughs> it was, it was uh, legit, legit, legit. Letting Brisbane Raw score against you should be a zag of all Brad, get in, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's it. So, if you're a little bit confused, Ernie Merrick has been sacked after last week's rounds game. So, uh, that what, wasn't the news. What session, a sad moment. I yeah. like Ernie's response. I think he was talking to someone in the. One of the was it muted? <laughs> and he said, it's okay. I was only a caretaker anyway. Oh, wow. <laughs> Could you oh, not man. give less of a shit about your job if you say that? I mean, I actually, like, I actually put this out on Twitter. I actually thought he was really unlucky. Like, he literally, like, the team's been gutted. Like, the funding for yes, the team's been gutted. And he's one big player he brings in has been injured all he, season in West Hallhan. And yeah. that would have made a huge difference. Like, West Hallhan would have made a huge difference to their attack. And Absolutely. So, he, actually, he was on a hiding to nothing. We're and, watching Wellington with... Ball and Hooper, yeah, and they're starting to gun, and you've got Hoolahan, who's probably yeah. that, and then some. Hey, hey mm. amazing! Not all British players are shit. I, I, yes. I didn't know that. I, like, I didn't know that until I watched Wellington play. <laughs> Yeah, like, you, 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 what you see, Ben, you see, Ben, what you have to do is there, there are these leagues, there's this league system where teams get promoted, relegate, right? And so there's the Premier League, yeah. and then there's the Championship, and then there's League One and League Two. When we start from League Two, <laughs> these guys are from the Championship and Premier League. They're much from a much higher quality ah, league. Yeah. yeah. So that was the secret. Yes. A bit ah. of quality. Oh, so not guys that have just been running around essentially playing, you know, yeah. 
NPL standard. For, no. Don't, <laughs> don't, don't sign from the conference. Don't sign no. guys that potentially, if they drop down one division, they'll, they'll be out part-time football or part-time plumber. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. Hey, go, sign players from uh, my team. I'm going to stop yeah. there because I'm getting cocky even though I lost this morning. But yeah. <laughs> like, 15 shots in the first half, mate. Yeah, yeah, last, to Arsenal, last time man. Brisbane but, signed a player from a top, top flight club, that didn't go so well. Macaroni. Macaroni. Yeah. Uh, totally uh, Corona went well. Hang on. Bo- Bo- yeah. No, has come in oh. since Macaroni. He was, he was league on. Well, some people don't necessarily count the French league as a top league. <laughs> I, I know this is going to make the podcast go on way longer than it should, but one quick thing on Ernie before we move on to the next thing. On that statement of Ernie saying he was only a caretaker, Ernie, you useless ticket. <laughs> <laughs> i I got to say, now, I have not been across the replacement on uh, on Twitter because my a lot of the things that I've seen about Ernie's replacement at Newcastle seem to me to be targeted at me to troll me. Uh, like <laughs> the only like official replacements purpose. at the moment are um, so Craig Deans is stepping up from the W League team up to the Caretaker. Yeah, caretaker. Now, if you saw something about Alwissy, that was A-League memes, okay? That was not an official <laughs> thing. It was really well done, though. It was, it was like... It's also pretty believable that he could literally be the coach of Newcastle. It was like they had read my mind <laughs> and had made it into a tweet. And yeah. I was just thinking, I have not been looking at my timeline closely enough. I saw Newcastle Jets Alwissy. I didn't stop because I thought, okay... That, that seems, seems right. That yeah. seems reasonable. <laughs> yeah. So I just thought I'd ask you guys because you guys are actually across it. You've <laughs> yeah. had time to digest yeah. that stuff. Uh, um, okay, so you'll, so be to, you'll be happy to spend our next and just throw his hat into the ring, though. He's always because they turned him down. He's always available. Newcastle Jets, bring him back, Francis Jeffers. Oh, yeah. <laughs> All right. um, Let's move how on. long until Ernie's at like Western Sydney or something? <laughs> Well, he's been at a few not long right? enough. <laughs> I think Babel only has a job because there's quote um, no quality coaches around at the moment in the A League. I so just remember that David Squires comment where he got that tattoo on his arm, oh, yeah. Sydney one, and that's like what gets him in a job. And it, the next screen is like you keep losing Marcus, and he like rips off his shirt. <laughs> 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 they're like it's oh! a Dino Cressinger like back piece or something. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's look, it's. Uh, it's interesting. I I I don't know if I would swap Fowler for Merrick. I would in a heartbeat, but that's just me. Yeah, because uh, Merrick's actually won things um, mm. and actually has experience in this league and, and may actually have a trick. I know Newcastle. <laughs> and experience working on a budget. Yeah. I know that Newcastle isn't exactly a great thing to show right now, but he has. He's All right. That's enough about Merrick. Yeah. Let's move on to the Wanderers game. It was Western Sydney Wanderers 1. Mitchell Duke in the fifth minute. Apparently, I have Brisbane Raw one here, but that's actually Brisbane Raw two. Two. You were just in disbelief. I was. That we I could was, score two. Goals. To be honest, I copied and pasted and only updated the scorers. <laughs> Scotty Neville in the twentieth minute with the <laughs> header, uh, bulleting up our um, top scorers list, uh, along with the next man as Brad get in man again in the sixty-second minute. Uh, also on there, so two one of to Brisbane Raw, equaling already in twenty twenty our. Uh, our, away's, our away's win record from 2019. And also, 
A first half goal! Yay! Yay. It's the of the season. Only to draw, not to get ahead. No. Yeah, well, at least, we, at least yeah. Honestly, take like, the victory. Take the dub. Take the dub. It's fucking slim pickings at the moment. Is that talking about this game or just Brisbane Roll for the last four seasons? It was in front of 11,482 in a Pretty empty looking Bankwest Stadium. Uh, I booking think that number was bumped up, surely, because that. Oh, was I mean, not the stadium does fit twenty eight thousand. So that was yeah. New Year's. That's yeah. probably a hard day to. I don't know. They're trying. They've been trying to make that a thing. So yeah. uh, I wouldn't say it's working for them. Yeah. Maybe Brisbane was not the best one to bring it down. I was near the it. beach at Caloundra on New Year's Day, and there was not a lot of people in good place to be going to football matches. <laughs> that's true. Yeah, that's very true. <laughs> I was very much in that camp on New Year's Day. Um, bookings to James O'Shea in the 19th minute, as apparently some things keep calling him. And then it went crazy in a, a one-minute patch. Gillespie got one in the 57th, but Donovan in the 58th, and Sullivan in the 58th as well. Sullivan's was insane. Actually, Sullivan got his before O'Donovan. Sullivan's was like this massive hip and shoulder on him. Oh, like, almost put him in the face. He didn't need to. It was <laughs> out of defensive area. He got nothing from it. Exactly. And older in the 72nd. Now, where do we want to start with this? Pricey, I think you should take this one. Talk about our bad defending. Right. Right. How? We, we have a back three. Who are all reasonably competent centre backs? Yeah, Bowles, maybe, maybe not. Um, Gillespie, maybe. Yeah, Gillespie. Okay. We have three centre backs. We have three centre backs on the field who are who are definitely playing their preferred position on the football field. That's correct. We have a left back who, in this game, was Pinkett, weirdly. Anyway, yeah. a good defender. We have Scott Neville who has played like every single defensive position as our right back. We have Jacob Pepper in defensive midfield who was literally our centre back for most of last season. And we have O'Neill is the other sort of defensive... Uh, no, O'Shea played there. O'Neill's on camp. Oh, he was too, yeah. So we have O'Shea. Right, so anyway, there's still... Of the seven most defensive-orientated players, who are all on the park at this stage, six of them are nominally almost centre-backs. And yet, they stroll through us with such ease, and then no one thought to maybe push out and attack the empty player standing on the top of the box. Well, not even the top of the box, like oh, the penalty spot yeah. for a cutback. And... It was all so easy. It was uh, it annoyed the absolute crap out of me. And to be honest, you thought, well, that's probably us done this game. But I think them scoring so early actually let this lace slipped into a bit of a false sense of security. Like, oh, well, they just won. They're like, oh, we're up in this game. And then we slowly ground them away. And then they didn't actually have much to really come back with us at. So the whole game kind of I guess, yeah. devolved into a midfield struggle where no team could really get into the final third and set up any pressure. For yeah, mm. and that's that's the whole thing about how we've you know we've gone back to the back three with wing backs like definitely uh, in these last couple of games and more two defensively minded midfielders I would say. Yeah. Um, and so we are, which has meant that we've stopped the goals, which is great. Like we have not leaking too many goals, but it means that that means we have seven more defensively oriented players. Well, that means we only have three further up the field, and that and then they struggle to create that link and. You know, so obviously the long ball to A to Armady Holloway is one plan. Yeah. Yeah, not much like against Topple Stanley and um, who's the other super tall, but anyway. Jackson. No, uh, was, yeah, I was locking Jackson in that game, wasn't it? Yeah, two really tall players who yeah, not much like against. And then he got injured in this one. Yeah. I thought um, he was really good, though. He I mean, when he was early on. 15 yeah, minutes, was, yeah. he was brilliant. Then he got injured. And then he kind of, like, overall intensity dropped off. But when he had it, I mm. thought that was his best half, and yeah, yeah he looked right. So he felt you can see he felt he was in the groove, and he was mm. so distraught to go off. I think yeah, he finally was, yeah. proved himself, and yeah, and now then he's immediately up. injured. Yeah, yeah, uh, and I think that's kind of been the story of his career, which is why he's here. I think so. That's that's generally what it sounds like. He's always been a bit sort of funny and injury yeah, prone, injury prone, and um, yeah. but yeah, like I, what do you I think of the game overall, yeah, yeah. Look, I I thought that it was just a lot of the same shit. We got fortunate that 
the I think a lot of the plan that actually didn't quite work against Newcastle seemed to work a little bit more like it wasn't, you know, there was nothing in this game from us like that first 20 minutes against Newcastle. No, but we, but no. we saw what it was, what that full game was meant to look like in just bits and bobs throughout the game a bit more. And I think Muradovic energy up front was really, really positive. Um, I think his kind of scurrying around in that in that time where Amadi Holloway was still on the pitch, mm. his scurrying around and basically recovering those you know those hold up uh, that hold up play of his was stretching them and really giving our midfield time to actually get back into the play. Yeah, um, the, rest mid- the rest of the the rest of the midfield to actually catch up and you know yeah, and get cause, involved because it, it was you know as per the rest of the season it was very defence. Front line, no midfield. But in this game, because you had a man there who could hold it up and you had a guy there playing off him that could help with that task, mm. I think you saw what that is meant to, you know, what that's meant to bring, you know, which is that something different. And I don't think Wanderers were really prepared for it. And My Wanderers, <sighs> and, you know, this is going to sound like cynical, but Wanderers missing Bacchus and Schwiegler, they're... Guts oh, of their midfield. They got no, they they have no midfield either. So they so, pushed so, Ziegler from centre back into midfield, and he didn't. He defended well, but he didn't really cut out that kind and of. And look, I think we're lucky that, like, obviously they had the young Adam Muhammad Adam out wide, and like, he was clearly talented, but a lot of their better chances raw. fell to him, and he was raw, and he sort of snatched at him, or he took a touch too much, and you sort of feel like if a better player was on the end of them, that maybe things would be different. different. But then yeah. you know they have a couple of players that sort of wasting a bit of their time, like that um, Alex Meyer, like he sort of. They're struggling oh, to get him up yeah. to visit. He looked like a waste of energy out there, and yeah, he looks cooked. And, um, and, and who's the other? The other? Yeah, the other German import, Nikola, uh, Muller. Muller. Yeah, he's, he's sort of like good. he looks like he's good, but sort of fades in and out of games he a little does. bit. Like he's clearly got the skill set, but he doesn't seem like he's fully committed. And yeah. yeah, I mean, but again, I think that's some of the service. I think we underestimate what Bacchus brings to that team because he's oh, athletic yeah. and he mm. covers a lot. And when but, you take him out, guys like Ziegler, who's not a midfielder, he's a defender, and Muller, who's not. A box-to-box midfielder, he likes to just hover up front and be the creator. When they have to do more work, suck the life out there's of there's a reason why. There's a reason why Bacchus is being looked at by European clubs. Hmm. You yeah. Know? Um, yeah. The, the other thing I just wanted to kind of say about this one is that, you know, other than that combination that I mentioned, I don't think anybody played well. Um, Jamie Young, obviously. Well, Jamie yes, Young. Yes, yes, a player that played reasonably well. Considering I've watched his uh, save back at least uh, seven <laughs> times now, and I'm still, I still can't work out whether it was definitely going in if he wasn't there to save it. So yeah, okay. Other than those three players, I don't think anybody played well. I think the defense played poorly across the board. I think you know the midfield played. You know, there's once again there's been no midfield again. Mm. Um, I really think that it's those two players once again that are the only ones that can really hold their heads up and go, well, "Look, I, I did everything I could." And I think, look, I mean, Neville Neville was fine out wide. Like yeah. Neville, like ne- ne- Neville is our Mister Consistency. Mm. I don't think his performance varies a great deal in any mm. any the particular with this game. game. Is that Bowles went down just after half time? And yeah. we took yeah. off. We did, took him off and tucked Neville back in. So it's like... How, well, I still can't work that out why McGinn plays wide over Neville. I just not, don't understand he's it. Not a, he's not a sided no. defender. He's it's a crazy because McGinn's yeah. huge and can play centre-back. Like, 
and I, I understand like it. I like I somewhat understand it because then when you when you've got those guys and they're actually mobile, yeah. like it like like um, Courtney Perkins is. Yeah, when you've got those guys, they're not only um, you know crossing threats and you know counterattacking threats, but they're also set piece threats or second phase threats. Like I mm. get why you play those plays in those positions. Like there's like uh, is it Dan Byrne that plays as a right back or a left back at the moment, and he's six foot seven for. Uh, I think it's uh, Fulham or one of the championship yeah, clubs. Yeah, I think I have. You probably know better than I would. But he's six foot seven playing. Mm, yeah, you know, yeah, I know, I know the story you're a, talking about. Yeah, yeah, I just yeah can't have and, that everywhere. And, uh, and that's kind of the way that they use him because he's actually mobile at that height. They just <laughs> basically have him hugging the touchline and then cutting in the moment that there's an overlap or there's anything else, you know. Then we put a right-footed hanger on the other side to cross to him. Oh, it's just, so how, how are you crossing It makes no sense. Him? It makes absolutely no sense. Oh, but, like, understand. yeah. But, look, I think a lot of the, like, this, this result was, like, a bolt from the blue as far as, like, the performance was pretty much the same as the previous week against Newcastle. We just got another Thunder Bastard. Hmm. And some really poor defending at a set piece, really. Yeah. Like that's like it, it's interesting that Scott Neville has been able to pop up twice now uh, for for, uh, for at set pieces and uh, score headers. And he was getting marked by Mitch Duke, which I thought was interesting. Like that's someone that should be able to match him, but I don't know. Just seemed to time the run. And I think um, there was a lot of commentary on it because it was inside the six yard box yeah. where he had the header, where Lopar probably should have come. Of Lopar had an oddly bad game. Hmm. I've seen a fair bit of him. He's looked really good. This game, he seemed to be making some really strange decisions, um, like not coming for crosses. Um, yeah, just like he was still drunk from New Year's. <laughs> he, it was a really, really <laughs> odd Aussies game. really know how to party. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's yeah. it. Yeah, I mean, a... you wouldn't think a German would be uh, super hungover, but, you know. Anyway. So we scored off a corner, and then 10 minutes later, we got the next corner. What do you think we did? Short corner, pass it back to the full base. <laughs> <laughs> so sad. Well, now, Brad Inman played up in the more attacking role over O'Shea back. What did you think yeah. about that one? So I'm waiting for everyone here, here and Ben, say no one else played good and people to go, but Inman scored two goals in two games and yes. they were great goals. And it's like, yeah, but, but he didn't play. give anything else. I mean, I don't even fully know the formation we played because Inman spent a whole lot of his time on the left, which would seem like we were playing a front three, but I don't really recall Amari Holloway or... Uh, Mozart playing on the right. They were both quite central, so yeah. I don't know. And then Inman, if he is on the left, is facing uh, Elrich, who is pretty much done. He looked so not A-League quality anymore, which is Correct. unfortunate because he's been a good player in the past. But yeah. not once did Inman really take him so on. He Inman seemed to sort, of, sort of played wide left using the average position thing. Yeah, on. I, I looked at that, but then there's no yeah. wide right, yeah? And the yeah. thing is, is we played O'Shea on but the it, left it side gets, of centre midfield yeah. behind him, so we had no creativity on the right. It was like it gets confused because Neville Neville gets pushed in, yeah, because he comes back to centre back, and it only it only gives you the starting eleven. Really. So I was trying to figure if we were doing a bit of an off shape thing where Hingert defends a bit more and Neville pushes mm. up a bit more, and we play I, like I, four it was and, it was it did but, look like that at times in Newcastle, like there was sort of like I, one of the one of the two wide ones would strategy. Come. A back five is by nature going to be asymmetrical depending on which wing you're targeting yeah. in attack. That's what I mean. Then Elridge is the weak link. 
Yeah. We didn't run at him. We put two no. right-footers against him, so no one to skip round him and throw in no. big crosses to our two strikers. It was, it was really strange decision-making all around. But I want to throw out my stat. We won't belabor the point. I'm not a fan of Inman. I think goals are great, and if mm. we're going to put him in that position and he can score them, great. I feel like we sacrificed O'Shea for him, which is the wrong thing to do because O'Shea is our best player, and we had to play him out of position just to fit Inman in somewhere. Yeah. Um, the stat I had before is number of touches. If you take Inman and Pepper in midfield combined, they barely come up to what O'Shea had the whole match. Yeah. So in terms of contributions, I just don't think Inman was giving it compared to the other guys to work. I think and I've made this I've made this comparison about players before, but anybody of my vintage that watched the Premier League in the nineties would know that Gustavo Poyet as a player contributed fuck all. Yeah. Right? For Spurs and for Chelsea. Contributed absolutely nothing while he was on the pitch. The only thing he ever did was ghost in and score goals. Yeah. Right, and he scored belters, he scored tap-ins, he scored headers. That's all he did. Contributed contribution to play zero, but you kept him on the pitch because he scored goals. Yeah, but and and that's what he's growing into for us is a guy that doesn't really do much. You go, oh, where's he been? And then he pops up and scores a worldie. But then you've got to build your team around carrying that player. Yeah, but it, and, you can't and, put two guys up front and have a third lazy guy in the hovering midfield you know, and when, then get flooded well, like our well, first well, goal we've, against Wanderers. Well, we've, we've, we've got a lot of lazy players. We, we can't we can't carry one. We can't carry two. You know, so really, if Iman is on the pitch, then we can't have Roy Donovan on the pitch. I kind of agree. Why didn't we, when Marty Holloway went down, throw someone in midfield and let Inman have full range? Oh, sorry, Windsor Hall's on the uh, on up front. And, uh, Windsor Hall was on the bench, by the way. I just um, He was, yes. Yeah, I just looked it up. So, Windsor Hall's on the bench. Stephen Mork was on the bench as well. Like, yeah. Maybe Inman will go on and, and score another goal in the next three games, and then I'll be wrong. I'm, I'm happy. That's no, awesome. it'll, be, it'll be interesting but... to see if he does continue it. It was a great goal, though, um, but... Obviously, there was a lot of controversy oh. leading up to this incident. So, which I mentioned before, obviously, O'Donovan uh, in the 58th minute got a yellow card, which was um, – and this one for me, you've seen a lot of these given reds. Like, it's where – actually, sorry, there's another big decision we have to talk about first, which happened in the first half, I think. Was Is this it? the handball? The handball, the yeah. handball on Aldridge's Android. Well, I think me, you and me, I think, are on the same page. I'm not sure about the other two guys here uh, about, the big, about this decision. So – I if I was a Western if I was a Western Sydney Wanderers fan, I would be absolutely furious, wondering why we my team didn't get a penalty. Because to for my sense and purpose of how I understand the rules meant to be, that if your hand is in an unnatural position, making your body bigger, then that shifts to me that that was a penalty, yeah. it was a it was a penalty decision. It hit the hand. His hand was like well outside of the rest of his body. And the only thing I can see some people say that was he sort of shifted his momentum, and when you do shift your momentum, your hand sort of had to carry it. it was going in unless his hand was there. Went out and towards it. Like I, it was clearly, if you, if you look at the one that Georgievsky got done for, which we might get onto now, just because it's relevant. Mm. Um, Georgievsky in the Wanderers vs Adelaide game got done for one where he had his hands in front of his body mm. and was literally crossing them over his chest and got a handball for the fact that one of his elbows was like, yeah. you know, sticking out as he was jumping to try and, you know. And he was jumping and turning like he was like not. He like was he was tucking his arms yeah. in. And the ball like, still would have probably hit his body as well, I think. Yeah, the ball would have hit his body. Cross, not really that great like the ball, shot, yeah, like, but, but where the ball hit him. The ball would have hit his body, would have hit his side. Like mm. it, it absolutely made no material difference. 
and that got called for a pen and Strebray shortly after that said that that was a mistake. Mm. Um, but this is the but thing. But if that's, if that's the, like, if the this whole unnatural position, making your body bigger, fucking interpretation, that like, it is absolutely the most subjective bullshit that has ever been introduced to the game. VAR is making it so much worse. So this is subjective. We didn't even throw to VAR to make the ref go and have another look to double-check his because they like opinion. Because everyone's complaining about VAR taking so long, they're like, oh, we don't want to use the TV screens. It's a big problem like England. It's, oh. Anyway, VAR is shit. It was a penalty. Yeah, let's not get down to VAR well, tonight. It's just because we've, we've got yeah. so much to talk about. But, but it was a penalty, yeah. and they, were, they sh- should feel absolutely aggrieved that yeah. that was not a penalty. But it was for our team, so... <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> Yeah, which um, to our next point. Which shows our next grief, but it helped us. Ah, sorry. Yeah. So a Donovan's elbow on Ziegler. <laughs> wind him up, boys. Just wind, wind him up. Here we go. Wind him up. If I remember back to a, a uh, certain, um, what was his name? Cristiano playing for Adelaide United in a um, an A League grand, grand final. He got sent off for a elbow that was probably less than this. Less, significantly less. Yeah. Um, yeah, you, you know the inside I'm talking about. Yeah. I, I just, like. I'm not sure if it should be a red, but you've definitely seen them given. You you have definitely seen them given as reds. Like, obviously, the Cristiano one in the grand final was quite harsh. Hmm. Like, it, there was an orange card, if anything. Yeah. Like, you know, you can see them given as a red, but not in a grand final, typically. Whereas this one, it's a regular season game. You have no real, you know, hesitation in calling that a red. So... I would have first of all said that that's a red card. Yeah. Right? That That's my personal opinion. I don't know if that's shared by you lot. Well, I, I mean, I haven't got the history with you guys, and so you guys weigh it on the precedent sometimes of what what, what is an alien red before. card. Yeah. If I take that out of that the was equation... A, that was a long time ago, that red card, to be fair. Like, that yeah, was that's 10 years ago. Yeah, Over 10 years ago. Yeah. Archie Thompson was actually... <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was still a really good compromise. Price, you need to get a bar of Daniel soap. Alsop, but, you need uh, to get a bar of soap and put Carlos it on my mouth because I was nearly about to say Archie Thompson was actually a good player at that point. And <laughs> he was a good player. I am now going to walk out of here because that's what Daniel Alsop and Christian... I think that was Carlos. Yeah, Daniel Alsop. So I'm on the contrary, but what about you, Nate? Red card or not red card? I haven't seen it, so um, in the uh, interest of keeping this podcast short, pass. <laughs> Fair <laughs> enough. But I guess what the big impact was, of course, that uh, that Ziegler went off to receive in, uh, treatment, and he was yep. off for a number of minutes. And yep. was... and most importantly, just before um, this goal was scored, he was ready to come back on the pitch at a stoppage, mm. and the fourth official, Kurt Ams. <laughs> oh God. Made him, made him stay off the pitch because he was still bleeding. Hmm. Now, this bleeding did not stop until the 90th minute, I, I might <laughs> add. Um, it was absolutely pissing out blood the whole game. Yeah. But... It was a pretty glorious patch-up job they did on him. In yeah. The end, oh, yeah. yeah. He's yeah. jaw up. Yeah. Very peak A-League, I think you might say, Dan. Yeah. yeah. It is, yes. Now... And then, of course, <laughs> of course, what happens is when we do score our goal, it's Brad Inman ghosting through a big wide track of land that <laughs> where Ziegler would have been. <laughs> where Ziegler should have been. Now, it's also almost a Sydney Wanderers that they should be covering. They should that. be covering for him. And same problem we're saying before. Without a lot of these midfielders, they got guys like Sullivan, who's inexperienced. He got sucked forward. You got Miller, mm. who had to do more work and just didn't. And they had five guys packed forward against their five defenders, and Hingis yeah. popped it out to Inman and. Yeah, we got him behind him, and then, like I said, Erich was not near Inman all game, and he just went inside to Mercer and. Yeah, yeah. Well, 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 well,
bang in the bottom corner, and it was a, it was a great cracking shot. Great goal, yeah, yeah. Once, once again for Inman, two two games, two cracking goals. Um, mm. But um, yeah, it was um, it Look, was interesting. I think you, I could very much understand Western Sydney Wanderers fans being incredibly upset. That's because that's two massive things that have gone against you in the game. And, mm. And in the end, it's probably cost you three. Uh, well, yeah, it's cost you at least a point if not and, three points. And, and look, once again, <laughs> you have to say, particularly after the Wanderers v Adelaide game, where it was what three penalties? Yep. Yeah, three penalties and three. So three VAR penalties. I might. Uh, no, sorry, two VAR penalties and, an, and a penalty. Like they absolutely have to feel like VAR is there to either get Babel fired, make sure they don't make finals, like whatever the fuck is going on. Like, I'm very fair on these matters. It is not a anti-Brisbane mm-hmm. conspiracy. VAR is there to fuck everyone but Sydney, and it is disproportionately <laughs> fucking Wanderers at the moment. They are getting absolutely reamed by it. I, oh, that's what they I know in. we didn't want to make this the VAR podcast, but considering what happened this morning, be thankful at least the A-League doesn't have promotion relegation because when you're pl- playing in a game where one team is used to VAR and then the other has no idea about the fact. Oh, that's right. Yeah, I, love as that. in oh. the FA Cup, yeah. Like, like, everyone knows here I follow Leeds and this morning everyone was just bombarding my team with they have no idea what the fuck's going on with VAR because we don't have it. But So be thankful at least the A-League it is a... Yeah, because in the FA Cup, if it's played at a Premier League ground, they have VAR, oh, which is just the visual. Anyway, in Leeds' defence, we're in the A-League and we've had the VAR for, what, three years now? We still don't know, <laughs> yeah, what's, still what's, don't know what's going on. No one knows <laughs> the fuck's going on. Exactly. Anyway, and but then in the end, the three points, or two points, were saved by one man, Jamie, Jamie Young. fucking Young. How good was that save, Nate? It was... Almost spider-esque. I, I, there's one moment I kept on viewing the footage back and forth earlier in the pod, and there's just this one moment where I can freeze frame it, and he's like a... It's almost like he's a, a frog almost leaping in the air <laughs> to get it, but I still can't work out if he was there, would it have been? Would it have gone in or wouldn't it? But I think it would have just snuck in. Yeah. Um, Jamie proved his worth, um, as he does, and I would be worried what would have happened if um, that was Krokerman going <laughs> And not just that save from Jamie, but there's been countless <laughs> saves in the game since he's come back where, where it's a case of, yep, Jamie's still there. There's a reason why we've signed him on, as we'll find out later in the pod more, a bit more. Yeah. And to be honest with our setup with the back three and the two wide, he's actually pretty good at hitting those wide players now from goal kick. So I mean, yeah. he's actually... Slightly different positioning where yeah. they are hmm. when they're resetting. So he's actually his distribution is not the hindrance it once was. And heck, yeah. we said to him, "We've got Crocom, probably better distribution, improve your distribution." And here we are saying that, yeah. regardless if it's form or if it's formation or Jamie, he's doing it better. So. Yeah, exactly. Anyway, that leaves us on the table at the moment as play. And anyone, anyway, anything else from that game you well, want to? Well, I, I just I just wanted to make a point about those two games overall. Mm. We still played shit. We got four points from them. Um, <laughs> Like well, I think we possibly going... played the two other West, well, on the Central Coast maybe in that. I mean, Central Coast are in that half. discussion. Yeah, but the, the, these other two teams are in the worst form at the very least. Mm. And you know, we we took four points from them, which you'd probably expect because I'd say we're probably better than both of them. But they have, you know, Wanderers have a slew of imports that are better than our imports. They're just not doing anything. Yeah. No, so no. next before the end of January, three of our <coughs> four games are against top. 
three top four teams. Yeah. So, so we've had yeah. a taste of all the bottom teams. Yeah. Now we're facing music we, and play we, the top we, teams. We've, we've, we've gotten the points that we should be getting. So, you know, we've gotten, you know... Um, Look, if you said we've got, if we take four points from these two games before, I would have bitten uh, your hand off. Exactly. So, you know, absolutely. Two away games as well. Mm. You know, no arguments here. Yeah. Uh, That does leave us currently on the table. We are in ninth position, which is where we were two ago, but we had dropped to 10, so the wind did push us back up above Central Coast Mariners. So we played 11, won three, drawn three, lost five, 12 goals for 17 against 12 points on. And to be honest, we're like three points out of the top six, although there is quite a goal difference gap there as well. Next match, of course, for the team is against Melbourne City on a Saturday afternoon. Love those 4pm kickoffs in the Brisbane sun. Oh, baby, get around it. Uh, Suncorp Stadium, it is Melbourne City coming to town. It is Being the 4pm kickoff, it is on ABC, so that means you can watch on free-to-air TV, which you can actually do for our W League game as well this week. Both our teams are on free-to-air TV, which is always nice. Melbourne City, in interesting form, they've... They're currently second on the ladder. Play 12, won seven, drawn one, lost four. So they've, they don't tend to draw many, but they win, they smash teams or they lose. 25 goals for, 20 against, 22 points. They tried their hardest to throw it away against Western United uh, last weekend. Um, they sure did. Yeah. Is it their coach who came out and said, I think they just do it to test me? <laughs> Possibly. <laughs> it sounds right. like yeah. some more words would say. I must say, they've been much more, they're the most affected team by the Oli Roos. So they've got four players out, yeah. um, including, I think, their starting goalkeeper mainly. And yeah. uh, Harrison Delbridge got a red card, which was not overturned as an obvious error. So they are down him as well. Not that he started in the game anyway. They started Wing Bickler. Wing Bickler, yeah. yeah. So it should be an interesting game. Obviously, last time they were in town, we did manage to beat them for our. Uh, that luxury. Love, love, love the phrase in town. It's, well, I was definitely not in town. They were in, in South East Queensland. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they were in South East Queensland. That's close enough, right? Yeah. So that's that's the next game. I don't know much more. Melbourne City. I mean, J Mac up front. Obviously, keep keep anyone keep who can stop him. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's that's it. Is I mean, last game the last game out at Redcliffe, the game turn when he went off and they lost direction. I don't think they'll uh, be taking him off if they don't have to this time. I so. don't know if it's directly related to him coming off but so much fought. as yeah the. Like, in that game, their mentality changed when they took him off. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's not just him. They were like, oh, yeah, we're they fine. Went, we're, we're just going to pack back. And, we're good. Two dollars for the good. Yeah. Yeah. So, it's it should be uh, it should be an interesting game. But, yeah, it will be a hot one at 4 p.m. at kickoff. Apparently, the wet bulb globe temperature doesn't do anything here in Brisbane. It's it's always fine. So, despite it being, like, 32 degrees and humidity, humidity, humidity. the bulb down. <laughs> yeah, I think so. I think the wet bulb thing's always about, like, really hot, dry places, which is why it, like, affects the... Never counts the, Brisbane, how it works. So. The, the, the one thing that I will say is that there's only ever been one game held in Queensland that was a wet bulb game, and that was a Fury game. <laughs> because like, <laughs> literally the bulb was surrounded by water. Yeah. But one where it was actually affected the, mm. you know, drinks breaks and blah, 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 and, you know, hey, we've got to hold players off from coming on and et cetera. Mm. So, yeah. So our defense has a drinks break whenever they're supposed to be marking something. <laughs> hey, hey, there, <laughs> it is. there it is. Ah, there it is. Anyway, should be an interesting one. We'll see how that one goes on the weekend. So get around that. It's 4 p.m. kickoff. I think there's like $50 tickets off for families and stuff like that. So, uh, you know, there's a couple of specials rolling around. All kinds of stuff. Yeah. Uh, which says to me that ticket sales are not going down the well. Shocker. Uh, w League. We have three W League games to talk about. The first one happened so long ago. I think I'm the only one that watched it here. And it was pretty boring, so it's really not worth covering off much about anyway. Melbourne victory nil, Brisbane raw nil. We talked about it when we had our last podcast. There was a good chance it was going to get delayed. It did. It got delayed to the next morning to 9.30 or 10.30 in the morning. 
406 hardy souls apparently turned up uh, to Epping Stadium, which is out in the middle of nowhere <laughs> in the northern suburbs of Melbourne. Bookings, uh, so it wasn't a nil, no goals. Bookings to Menges for victory and Gorry for us. Dumont did make a big save again. Uh, Yallop and Bayston had a couple of good chances. Uh, we were dominant, but just without the cutting edge, and that will probably be a bit of a theme across these next three games. Uh, <laughs> Mac Arnold is a sweeper keeper, just giving us heart palpitations. Uh, no one tried to murder Razzo, which is also great. So we ended that streak of someone trying to decapitate or... Which, which was back the following week. Yeah. But, yeah. <laughs> so that's great. Uh for victory, Jenkins was um, sort of their one of their main outputs um, without the end product. Dowie did have a great chance in the 88th minute, but thankfully for us, she put it straight at Maka Arnold, and uh, both yeah. teams walk away with a point, which sort of helps and not. It, it doesn't hurt either team as well, we're really in a tussle. And I'll get once we through the W League section, um, we've I've got who's like to play the table because yeah. it's pretty much can of victory in us. Uh, the three teams probably buying for the fourth spot in the finals. So. Yeah. Yeah, I can have a little look at that. So that was that one. That's about all that game deserved. It was, yeah, it's uh, not one for the history books, that one. A much better game for the team was in that period. The day after the Newcastle Jets game, we played the Newcastle Jets women's W League team up here in Brisbane at Lions Stadium. Uh, it was a 2-1 to Brisbane Raw, Claire Polkinghorn in the 41st minute and Holly Palmer in the 69th minute. <laughs> but we did go behind early to the Newcastle Jets. Tara Andrews, and she looked like she was a handful for most of the game, was, yeah. uh, in the 22nd minute, got them ahead. 2,189 people out there at Lions, which is a cracking That's attendance. Uh, that, that is one of the highest. Um, actually, well, the next game's even better again, and it, it's actually right up there for one of the highest ever. Uh, standalone attendances for the W League. Bookings to IPR in the 32nd minute and Libby Coppola Brown in the 62nd minute. Ben, I know you were out there in front of the crowd. That's all right. The goalkeeper. What is it with goalkeepers and having great games against us? Every time. Every, Every time. fucking time. Um, yeah, look, she was having a worldie. Yeah. Uh, admittedly, a lot. we were basically lasering every shot at her. Hmm. Like, there was a little patch at the start. So about the first 15 minutes... She was forced into a couple of decent saves. But after that, we basically just seemed to laser every shot directly at her. Right. Um, so and it, was was those, a, it was those three greats. I, I didn't get to watch this game in full. I was actually yeah, driving back yeah, from yeah. Um, down south. But, but it, the goal, the, the highlights package certainly showed those three great saves early. So That's right. And and, and, and it really was, you know, those, those saves and then just shooting straight at her, like right into her midriff, you know, really saveable positions. Um you know, from chances that we should have done better with. And, I mean, that is a theme that is this A-League season for us. W-League. W-League season yeah, for us, yeah. which is just, well, the A-League season too, to be fair. Well, um, yeah. But uh, the, the W-League season basically has been, you know, finishing has been what's let us down. And, you know... We just, we, we definitely suffer from a lack of a real proper centre forward in many ways. Do. And Alera yeah. um, Toby's obviously not doing the right things at training to get... So I don't even know if she's even been in the squad, hey, so. look, but but all of that said, though, I think Riley has been playing quite well. She like, is, but she's been on a wing. She hasn't. She's not. She's not a central. Yalla's she's the one that's officially forward. our forward, our, yeah. our centre forward. But yeah. she's always we, dropping we, in. We have a hole. We have a hole right there in our team where we just need a centre forward, like you know, like she, like you know, players that we've had in the past, like mm. you know, Gilnick. Like not that oh. Gilnick ever played centrally no. for us either. But um, when was the last time we actually had an out and out striker? Oh, it would have been she. It would have been, you know, even she played out. No, she's she's out wide as well. Um, (laughs) That's what I mean. It's been it's been a while. It's been a while since. Um, but I I think. Well, I think Yallop has been able to do that role in the past. Yeah, I don't. I don't. I just think that, and I mean particularly this game. She's just 
so at, at a certain point after missing a chance, she just basically because we were we were feeding her the whole game, and I think it was like in the 80th minute or something where we were trying to go up three one, really kill the game. And I know I'm skipping ahead here, but she skied one over and then just face planted into the turf because she was just like, well, I'm never scoring again. Because <laughs> they had basically set the team up to feed her the whole second half. After they were 2-1 up, they were just like, right, let's get, let's get, <laughs> let's get Yallop on the, let's get Meeks on the score sheet. And they just fed her and she just kept either firing it straight at the keeper or firing it over or just wide, just over. Like, it was just so frustrating for her. So, mm. look, it's going it, to – the tap is going to turn on at some point. When it does, we're going to see an avalanche of goals. But until it does – Yeah, that's it. <laughs> the problem is the team is star-studded. So, you, if you took her out of the front line to find her somewhere else in midfield to play – Yeah, where do you fit her in? Where do you, you fit know, but, but then who do you put up front – uh, by the same token, so it's 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 you kind of damned if you do, damned if you don't. But yeah, look, I I think that um, you know, scoring the way that we did in this game was very appropriate. So Polk's from a corner, bullet header. <laughs> well, it was even actually it, it actually came in from a corner. It yeah. actually went back out and then got whipped back in. And Polk's had almost been a bit lazy as a centre back and was <laughs> still up there. Up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It was second header. phase. Yeah, yeah, yeah second like, phase. I guess you read it well. That's we're called reading the game. Yeah, we'll call it reading the game well. Yeah. yeah, Charlie Miller style. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but um, yeah, he it, like I, I really do think that it was like <laughs> Isabel Dalton put the ball in. It was absolute peach of a oh, ball. Oh, peach of a ball. Dalton yeah. had a great game, I mm. thought. Um, I mean, that's been her best game so far. Oh, hugely so. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Um, you know, it's still some something where you know I don't think she's got the legs for a full game, and you know, KK came on for her in the end. But um, yeah, um, and then we just. So basically, after that first goal, you know. So sorry, I should talk about Newcastle's goal as well because hmm, Newcastle yeah. were quite impressive the whole match. You know, I thought that they had a game plan. Their game plan was to basically get an early goal on the counter and then to basically sit back and absorb. And I mean, that's kind of what they did, but you know, without the not getting conceded. I watched them once before this season in an obviously a non Brisbane Raw game, and that's they were very well organised defensively. They yeah. live within them. It was exactly what we they, talked about, grieving the game sort of thing. Like they, they, they've, they, they have, have they have got a whole bunch of players that are between teenagers and like 23, 24. They are all just running the whole game, putting pressure on in midfield, you know, making those quick counters, you know, creating width, you know, um, just, yeah, doing what a team full of energy with not much, like, standout talent should do, and that's just working really hard, going hard at it, you know, Lots of technical ability, I've got to say. Like, they're really well coached. Mm. Like, I, I I, think that they're going to make noise. Those players are going to make noise, even if the team doesn't stay together. Um, but, yeah, impressive performances across the park. And uh, yeah, yeah, so they're defending for the Har- for the Andrews goal. It was um, – watching it back on replay, it was, it was a bit uh, – it was, it was sort of like it was a dual play and, like, we just fell asleep and didn't mark her again after she sort of yeah. fed it off to the other player forward. Similar goal that we conceded to Mary Fowler. Um, mm. Yeah, actually, the, and uh, uh, that was probably more – in one of our trouble spots in his centre defence. And obviously we have a Polks, which is great. And then it's Celeste Beret has gone back there and she just sort of fell asleep for the second phase. And, well, she's not, she's and that just got Andrew. And, no. and, and, you know, that failure to kind of keep faith with Claire Farrington is reaping its reaping different sorts of results because Celeste Beret 
is not a natural natural centre back, and we're missing what she provides in midfield, which is that steal and that you know ability to screen the the back four. So we're we're missing out doubly, and and the and the passing range as well. I, I yeah. think I, Dalton is starting to step up there a bit, but yeah. we're more than halfway we're half, more than halfway through the season now. Like the Debbie League season's too short to almost be doing that. But yeah. anyway. So, yeah, that was that. And obviously the second goal yeah. was... Um... <laughs> Once again, second phase. Second phase, <laughs> yes. yes. Um, so, you know, header off the bar from Meeks. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, Palmer, on the, Palmer, on, Palmer on the rebound um, oh, with, a, with a basically header past the prime keeper. Um, and, I mean, that's the only way we're seemingly score. We're going to score past her uh, after that Pox um, goal. Mm. You know, we peppered, we peppered her for you know, basically half an hour straight and just kept going straight at her. And uh, the only way we were seemingly going to get past her was if she was taken out. You know, that's what happens on a on a free kick. That You know, something that hits the bar, you know, she goes up, she saves yeah. it, and she's out of the picture. So uh, great for Holly to get her first goal in the A-League in the 69th minute. Hey! Uh, w League, And But yes. Macron yeah, did... I've been doing that all day. Yeah, have. Yeah, yeah. Macaroni did also secure us the three points late with a great save as well. So uh, can't I think it was Tara Andrews who maybe got in Correct. again as well. Yeah, and um, yeah, great great save from her to sort of put over the bar. So you know, and the other big thing was KK was finally back in the team. Kellen Knight so oh. back for a first start. Oh, not start, just first minutes. Yeah, back in the W League for a couple of seasons. So great to see you back on the pitch. And it was, and I, and I mean. You could tell that she was a bit rusty. Mm. Um, you can tell why she's not been starting because she's clearly not up to match fitness yet. Um, but, uh, yeah, it was good to see her back. Yeah. Excellent. Let's move on to the most recent W League game, and it was Brisbane Raw nil, Melbourne City 2 out at Dolphin Stadium. Milicic mirrors your... Far out. You know what? I practiced this name before the show. <laughs> Actually, no, they called him Miller. They didn't call him Millie, sir. Uh Miatovic, Miatovic, Miller Miatovic in the sixth minute, and Avi Lewick in the seventy fourth minute. That's what the commentator called us. Screw you, I man. Know, I know. Screw I know. I, I just, uh, I, I just always enjoy it. Yeah, I, I, I enjoy it. Yeah, I practice as well. I did when I saw the name. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Two thousand six hundred ninety three people in attendance at a Dolphin. So nice. that's a cracking W League crowd. And nearly up there with and uh, on a the, Thursday as well. Thursday. Like you just think. If they'd scheduled some of these games a bit better, mm. what sort of crowds we could be getting? Admittedly, on this, what was it, the second of December, on the second of January, it's, first day back at work for some people. Yeah, some people yeah, work. some people went back to work for a tough day and <laughs> needed another day off, uh, another <laughs> long weekend, didn't they, Dan? Yeah, yeah. No, what? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, certainly there were people at work, and uh, not a hell of a lot that day, though, but no. still some. And uh, Ellie Carpenter was the uh, sole booking for the game in the 49th minute, and she got dragged a little bit after that. Um, but I'll get on to why why that as well towards the end. Nate, you're out of this one. You see, you're near me. You're in close proximity. You're in within touching distance of me for most of it. In reality, um, for a bit of it, you blocked my view, waving a big flag around. But you know, that's that's fine. We, we look. You, you didn't join in waving a flag, so I just had to be an asshole. <laughs> yeah, we <laughs> waved a flag at the end. Um, what did you think? What do you think overall, mate? I am a bit puzzled how that game turned out because I was just reviewing some of the goals earlier today and and the chances and Christ we had some chances in that first half and I don't know it was a mix that we had the chances were a mixture of decent chance and oh my god what did you do why did you do that it just, like we were t- we were taking some chances well and making some creativity and then there were some chances that just were why did you even bother um. Yeah, like I sort of put that down to 
like to me, City, like they probably had, they had less chances overall. Like we had the more chances, mm. common theme. Yet, how's always felt against City that there were half chances and we'll sort of, you know, like we were making stuff happen, but it was a lot, just seemed a lot harder for us to actually get that chance and to actually put the ball in the, or to have that piece of composure in the in the box to, you know, get the shot on target. And whereas for City, it just always looked more dangerous and always it just always looked so easy for them. And however, that first goal though, there was uh, I don't know what you think. I feel there was a little bit of a defensive lapse on that first goal. I feel like I've looked yeah. back. It looks like. Oh, absolutely. I was, I was trying to pronounce her name as well. What are yeah. we calling her? Mila Miatovic. Mila Miatovic. That's easy. Yeah. Mila, she definitely had a bit of free space. Oh, yeah. I mean, it was, I mean, it was, the ball was cut in from cut in from the left. And, you know, it was a, it was a good save by Mackenzie Arnold. But, mm. you know, she just has seven, eight metres of clear space around her on, you know, half you know, around the penalty spot. And so if she, missed, if she missed, she would be hung and drawn. Oh, absolutely. Like there's just no pressure on her because our defence had sort of just gone a bit too, like our centre-backs had gone a bit too big. They, and I guess because it also came in the other side. Look, she was just in the perfect spot at the right time to just, yeah. uh, you know, slot it home calmly. But yeah, it was a strong save at least from Mackenzie Arnold. She did what she had to do. Like she saved the shot in the first place. But beyond that, then it's going to take some wonder saves to then claw it back. And yeah, it's sort of, you get that. What I liked about this game though, Dan, was we, we see the back three most weeks in our A-League team. This Melbourne City team played a back three, and I feel like they did a lot better than us. We could learn a thing or two. Yeah, we could learn a thing or two. Now, admittedly, it helps when you have literally the two Matildas wing backs as the ones that you can actually run up and down, Steph Catley and Ellie Carpenter, who there were probably no better players to play wing backs in female football uh, in a, with a back three, five, that many court. But the fact that they actually were combining to, to create chances up in attack is, is really what you want to see from yeah, and who's, who was playing in the, the fourth sort of offensive role? It's sort of attacking midfield for us. Uh, so our front four in this game would have been you had Razo out wide, Basin out wide, Holly Palmer and Yallop. Oh, and then, Holly Palmer's and then, what I'm talking about. Yeah, and then you had Dalton and Gary were more defensively minded midfield in. So I don't think Palmer found as much room to, no. to do much. Like when you have three at the back and we're pushing Yallop up and then we would see like Razo was having a storm mm. up, but because there was already three backs... In behind, we never really overloaded. And I think when a team plays like that, you look to people like Palmer where they would have a bit more space because they're not man-marked, woman-marked. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I don't think she found as much room. And maybe that's a testament to City, like you say, I, making it work. Yeah, absolutely. And, like, and Abby Lewick is, like, the defensive mid. Like, that's, that's her bread and butter. And there are calls that she should have gone to the World Cup. And uh, watching a game like this shows me why she should have gone to the World Cup because – constantly the Matildas we play Emily Van Egmont back in like a defensive mid and push a Kellen Knight or someone else to like a wing back or we do weird stuff and playing people out of position and sometimes play someone in position and it helps um, don't suck your Matildas coach yeah well hey 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 Stadge was the, the master of playing well that's it I mean he, he was part of the problem not yeah he wasn't the solution there that's for sure so not for that no, no, not for that part. To, to bring this back to the W League game is one thing I need to make sure we bring up because we mentioned Rasso briefly there that she was having a, a stormer of a game, but Rasso, penalty or not penalty? Ah, well, that was uh, one of my talking points. So, funnily enough, I, live, I thought no, no penalty. Um, no, but everyone it looked on my Twitter feed that most people thought it should have been a penalty. So, yeah, that's uh, so she should have got like, it was a real like, like, um, hip and or not a hip and not a shoulder, but a real hip sort of challenge on her. Yeah, it was just a stronger. You know, I was watching yeah. back. It was it was, and but it, it, it you sit it, you sit there and look at it. it you, you really do think 
was it a penalty or wasn't it? Was it intentional or was it just sort of an accidental thing? But there was a bit of like Rasso, she hit the floor and hit her chest pretty hard. It was like it was like she was basically trying to, you know, grip like grass surf when she'd scored a goal, except she that she hit the shit on the deck. It's mm. I think she had a yeah, yeah, I don't know, it just lied, but just it looked pretty natural that that was like a fair way for the player to sort of go at the ball. And it's just that the defender, I can't remember which one of the threes, it, three back there it was that did it. But I think it was Catley. I, I, was, it, was it Catley or? Oh, I don't know. Uh, between Stott, Checker and Barnes. I mean, yeah, it just it, in, in open play, it normally just looked like Razzo's tiny and she sort of just bounced off her. Yeah. Whereas, <laughs> yeah, maybe really that there wasn't much, it wasn't really much going for the ball and she sort of probably impeded her line. So maybe it was a penalty. VAR for the W League? No? No, okay. Just, just, uh, don't you dare! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that's it. So everyone out perfectly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Look, I think they were they played pretty well against this Melbourne City, and uh, and even when we did finally get it through defence, there was this player called Lydia Williams. Uh, I don't know if you've heard about, but apparently she's like played for the Matildas like a hundred like, times. She's like the backup keeper for the Matildas, isn't she? I think so. Yeah, yeah. yeah. She was pretty handy at actually stopping the chances that did get through their defence, which mm. was. Pretty handy. I mean, I don't know if you've all heard, but also the backup keeper for Melbourne City is um, Melissa Barbiero. When I'm in, sorry, Barbieri, sorry, Jesus. I was getting, yeah, I just combined Fabian Barbiero and uh, Melissa. Yeah, how's the, how's the, how's the defensive, time. how's the um, backup strength of the Melbourne team's goalkeeper situation in the yeah. W League? One has Melissa Barbieri, who obviously former Matilda's goalkeeper, and um, Melbourne Victory are the ones that went and signed the one that was third keeper at the World Cup. Yeah. Uh, as their backup goalkeeper behind <laughs> behind Casey yeah. Demont, which is just incredible. So, we're, we're giving you the chance, though. Come on, Georgina. <laughs> yeah. chance. Yeah, exactly. We have just a good defender at back, backup goalkeepers there as well. What else do we have? Oh, the other, obviously, Catley missed a penalty, um, which <laughs> that was a dead certain penalty. I don't think anyone can complain about that. Gorgori no, no. just wiped. Oh yeah, I remember yeah. that one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> was just like, no. She, she, she looked dejected yeah. just when she was walking off after. Just like, yeah, my bad. Yes, yeah, yeah. yeah so. But but um, yeah. But speaking of that though, there was a penalty in the game. Wasn't there a penalty in the game that City absolutely fucking blasted? Um, well, that they got that penalty and they missed it. They put it wide. That was the one. Okay. Yeah, yeah. That, that's the one. Yeah, yeah. yeah, we were on the same one. Yeah, she put it wide. Um, Catley from the penalty spot, which um was, I think, just before half-time, which was handy at the time, but unfortunately couldn't do anything with it. And then, in the end, Harvey Lewick strolls forward, uh, scores the sealer. Yeah, as, as, as Jeff kind of put it on, on Twitter, I absolutely adore Abby because, mm. you know, raw legend, you know, but, yeah, seeing her score against us is very painful. Seeing her at the World Cup was so good. Seeing her, you know, basically, you know, playing Europe and hmm. all the things that she's done with her career has been fantastic. But yeah, seeing her score against us, not so fantastic. Yeah, and um, I would say that I think Maka Arnold would be disappointed because she sort of dove over the top of it, and yeah. she probably could have done better. Probably the Defense. first time this season we yeah. can say that for any goal. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, yeah. and look, yeah, but in the end, we just never really had the quality to um to do it, and and uh, that could be a problem coming up for us. So. Let's and what we might do actually is I've got listed down here the table as it currently stands mm. and who each team's got. So there was one thing that I wanted to actually I, I mentioned before and I, I just did, did just remember then was that there was actually a rumor saying that most of the Melbourne City team were actually sick on the day, and of course they don't have a big squad to go Melbourne City, uh-huh. and so that's one of the reasons why I think El Carmen might have been taken off early is like they were not feeling well, and yeah. so if most of the team was not feeling well and 
they still beat us Ouch. comfortably. <laughs> that hurts a little bit. There was there was an interesting moment as well at post game uh, where where they, where all the players got in a big circle over. It was only on the far side where it wasn't any crowd, but and you could see the coach, the good chip in the middle, and talking to them all. And I just wonder whether they'd set themselves for that game and it didn't work. I don't know. It's it'd be interesting to see what happens in the next game. Yeah, as strange well. that you do that on the field and not go into the sheds. Mm-hmm. Maybe you wanted to say, look, in the moment. Yeah, yeah, like, you know, maybe it's a re- I don't know whether it's negative or positive, but you couldn't tell. They're 100 metres away more. Well, look, I, I also think that when you're comparing the coaching of this team to what it has been, I think there's a bit like, you know, I think there's been a bit of a downgrade. Um, you know, there's nothing against... Nothing against Jaggers, yeah, but I just think that you know whoever was whoever was going to step in, step down. Yeah, it's not flowing well, which is the which is the problem for the team. It, it just it's, it's just pa- it's, it's it's partially that we don't have the right you know with square mm-hmm. pegs, round holes, etc. But it's we have three players that apparently want to play centre defensive mid between um, Dalton. Yeah. Kellen Knight and Murray, no and we have one spot. No one who wants to play centre-back. <laughs> and no one wants to play centre-back, and we have no one that wants to play striker. So, yeah. yeah, it's an imbalanced team. And, yes, we have lots of good players, but square pegs and round holes is yeah. never going to be great. What I did want to, what I did do up for this, just a little discussion, uh, was how the table was looking. I think the top three is pretty much going to be set in the W League between Wanderers, City, and Sydney. And even then, you could argue Sydney probably maybe won't catch those those other two. So, they're, they're looking pretty awesome. So, But this is – there's – us, Melbourne Victory and Canberra, we're four, five, six. There's obviously top four in the W League make the finals. So this is the run home for each team. Currently on the ladder, there's only one point between us. So Melbourne Victory are currently hold fourth place. They've played seven, one, three, drawn two, lost two, eight goals, four, nine against 11 points on the board. We're three, one, three, 10 goals, four, 12 against 10 points. Canberra have an identical record. Oh, wow. Goals, four, goal against. Identical. identical, identical. It probably comes down to... Uh, it would come down us to our record, our record being better than yeah, against them directly. Us, yeah, us head to head against yeah. them. Yeah. Um, Thank God, because imagine the scenes uh, for a impromptu FFA uh, live meeting where it's like, <laughs> here's the flip of the coin to see which team goes through. I mean, I can't wait for that to eventually happen one day for a spot in the finals. That'd be great. It would be the great. Coin. It would be literally great. Because uh, I think it was like 1933 or something the last time <laughs> it was done in like England. In the, mm. yeah. Um, yeah, so... Uh, anyway, so to run home for Brisbane, we have Western Sydney Wanderers away. That's our next game. Ouch. Sydney FC away. Ouch. <laughs> Perth away. Perth are no good. That should hopefully be a win. A yeah. win. We have Canberra at home. Okay. So that's a very important game to hopefully get point. And then we finish the season, Melbourne City away. I don't think we're making finals. <sighs> Let me give you the other ones run sounds here. Melbourne Victory have Adelaide away. Canberra at home. City at home, Newcastle away, Sydney at home. Yeah, easier. Canberra have a called off game against Sydney, which um, could still be replayed, uh, so that nothing's been decided there. Uh, Melbourne City away, Melbourne Victory away, Adelaide at home, and Brisbane away. I think it's more likely Victory is the one that's going to take us. When you look at, they've got an Adelaide and a Newcastle where you would expect them to win, and probably be the Canberra at home as well. Yeah, that's nine points, and really you can only count on six. We could only maybe count on six if we beat Perth and Canberra. We'd, it means we'd have to beat a small, one of the top three teams away from home. Yeah. Because we, we've got an awful run home. So after we just played basically two weeks in a row at home, we don't have another home game until like February 23rd. Yeah. Wow. Uh, but there's Olympic qualifiers in there as they get in the way as well and stuff like that. But it's really, yeah, we now don't have a home game for a long time in the W League. So, yeah, all so can, that's... Um, all I can say is eep. 
Yeah, yeah, and uh, so Canberra actually have a bye in the final round as well, so we would at least know against them. But I guess if it comes down to the final round, Melbourne victory will be home against Sydney. will be away against Melbourne. No, away against Melbourne Sydney in the final round. It's now looking very, very not good. Look a bit if there's a time for these girls to uh, show some fighting spirit and um, push out home. That's it, and it needs to start this weekend on Sunday afternoon down at Marconi Stadium. Western Sydney Wanderers versus our Brisbane Road W League team. 3 p.m. kickoff Brisbane time. Uh, this game is on ABC as well, like I mentioned earlier, so you can catch it on free-to-air TV. Western Sydney Wanderers are currently played six, won five, drawn one, lost none, 16 goals for, three against, 16 points on the board, second on the ladder, and the reason they're second on the ladder is... Uh, because they've played one less game than, than Melbourne City. So if they win that game in hand, they would be top of that up comfortably on goal difference. The one big plus for us is that Lynn Williams has been called up to the US Women's National Team training camp to misses the game, which is uh, good news for us, their lead striker. <laughs> yeah. So that is a very helpful uh, as we get into the game. But the reality is, is this Western Sydney Wanderers team is... Uh, is you, is you may recall, Ben, that when they played us up here, they're very well drilled and yeah. they're just on fire. Well, look, honestly, I that was the most impressive W League team from both a talent and a coaching uh, standpoint that I've seen this season. Yeah. And I'm unsurprised as to how they're going this season. Um, Hamilton is just fucking unbelievable. Like, mm. got to be the best player playing currently in this country. Like, she is that good. Like, she's she's got the star power, the... The yeah. you know that Sam, Sam Kerr took away. Obviously, she's not the sort of media personality, all of that, you know. Um, but she is absolutely phenomenal. And if you if you've got a chance to watch this game, watch it. Yeah, well, there's no excuses. It's on ABC. It'll be on iView. Don't really no excuses not to watch it. This one, so that is a huge game. Like we just talked about, we've got three really nasty away games now. That makes it win. really hard. So we'll win some of them somehow. Yeah, that's it. I, I think we have to. So. Let's move on to the Y-League. Yeah, the Y-League. Now, has Robbie Fowler screwed our Y-League chances by taking Mirza Muradovic up to the A-League team? Yes. Sure, why not? Ben? No. No? Wow, what a confidence in the Y-League. <laughs> oh, no, we traded off. Didn't we give him Dylan? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> we did for one game. We did for one game. So uh, we're, we're well, like, actually, Dylan will score seven goals each game. You Actually, there is a theme that is about to emerge that um, we uh, maybe have actually lost our star of the Y-League team. Mm-hmm. Uh so our, our, we have three games to cover here. First, it was uh, Brisbane Raw 2, Melbourne City 2. Jingham. Jingham, <laughs> the 14th minute and the 25th minute, got us off to a flyer. But Najjar brought it back for Melbourne City in the 31st and then 73rd minute to equalise it up. Uh, no attendance recorded. We don't get attendances for our games out at, um, out at Peninsula Power out there. And AJ Kelly, it's a bit disappointing. It makes me feel sad on the inside. <laughs> Bookings to Lucente in the 52nd minute, Jordi Valadon in the 80th, Jingham in the 81st, Oscar Woods in the 82nd, and Karen Stokes in the 90 plus third, and also Aaron Reardon in the 90 plus third. So senior squad members that played in this one was Powell, Hingott, Reardon, and Jingham. So this is obviously the last game that Hingott played before jumping back to the A-League team. And then we went down to Melbourne Victory. I'm still amazed we played in Y League in the week in between Christmas and New Year's, but I guess yeah. most of them, normally there's a gap there, but I guess most of them are probably available, oh, being kids and stuff, so maybe it is. Y League, but did you hear the A League team played in Newcastle, flew back to Brisbane, and then flew mm. to. Yeah, then they flew back to, yeah, they didn't stay down there. Yeah, they flew back yeah. the next day, yeah. That's so weird. 
someone's seen that they can save 50 bucks a night there yeah, and, just, and just gone, yeah, we'll fly. Well, I mean, do you want to try and find accommodation somewhere between Newcastle and Sydney in between Christmas and New Year's? Like, yeah, it'd be I, get, really I get it. I just, I, for a whole tough time. for the players, I guess. Yeah. Oh, anyway. I think they're used to it. Yeah. Worth a comment. Let's move on. Yeah, exactly. Now, this one hurts. This one did hurt us. It was Melbourne Victory 3. Three. We beat them like 6-1 at the start of the Wild League season. So this is a massive turnaround. The Brisbane Roar, uh, ooh, I have two there. I'm not sure if it was two or one. Uh, I might need to double-check that very quickly while I'm going through it, unless someone else wants to do that but for either, me. Either, either way. Either way, we didn't win. Uh, so that's a Melbourne victory three. It was Lewis Laurie Latazino in the 70th and 89th minutes and Birkin Kadar in the 76th minute. So they all came rather late. I've risen more two, but I only have Jingham down here in the 18th minute um, scoring, so I just can't honestly can't remember which way that so That's the first game where we took Merza up to the seniors? Yes. Yes, it is. Yes. Confirms 3-1. 3-1. Thank you. There was 105 people in attendance at Epping Stadium for this classic encounter. Uh, bookings, the Super Freak got one in the ninth minute, so I'm not sure what our that's goalkeeper was doing in the ninth minute to get a booking. Ninth minute. The ninth minute booking wow. for the uh, goalkeeper. And Harry Talbot in the 41st minute, uh, one of our boys as well, getting a booking. Uh, senior squad who played in this one was just McGing, Reardon, and Jingham in this game. What's so. happened to Mel's? <laughs> I, I guess he's on the bench for. He might. Uh, he was meant to be. He was meant to be on the bench in Newcastle, and I'm pretty sure he was the one dropped for Maradovic. Oh, he was the decoy player for Maradovic. For Maradovic so. I love that. Is that on his resume? <laughs> I was the decoy <laughs> for a younger player to play. Yeah. Anyway, we did come back up here. We had another game on the weekend out at AJ Kelly. It was Brisbane Raw two. Dylan Wenzel Halls in the ninth minute. Oscar Woods in the sixtieth. Over Perth Glory nil, uh, no attendance figure recorded. Booking to Keegan Yelovic. I want to call him Yelovic, but Yelovic was a player that played for Everton like ten <laughs> years ago. Uh, good finish for the football, but you know, stamping yourself a little bit. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, it was a bit Berbatov esque. He was a he was a Berbatov white, the sort of Berbatov that Everton could afford. Uh, <laughs> uh, Zaid Farah got one in the 49th minute for Perth Glory, and Isaac Powell in the 90th plus three minute picked up a yellow card for Brisbane. Senior squad player in this one was Powell, Reardon, Mork, Dylan Wenzel Halls, and here's our boy, Georgie Mells. I think he came off the bench, though. He came off the bench that I like to play. And my actually, my favourite bit is that Dingham played for Perth. Dingham leaves Brisbane to get into the Kraken A League team. And in the end, he ends up playing Wild League back in Brisbane at 10.30 on a Saturday. played for us or not? No. So this is the oh, game where Jingham had just... They missed each this other. This is the game where Jingham had disappeared, I think, uh, to uh, fly off, so... I, th- I thought, and maybe it's different, I thought you can only drop four seniors down, but I guess the scholarship players don't. Care. Yeah, I think like Powell's still young enough to still definitely be a youngster. Even yeah. Reardon um, would be. So it's only Mork and Wenzel Halls that are too old. So it shows you something that those two are playing there. But then Fowler doesn't seem to mind just chucking, like saying. They need to get fit. Yeah, they? like match time. And I guess that's a chance for them anyway, to. Anyway, yeah. I wouldn't put a pin in that for now. More comments of Halls playing youth. We'll come back to that. <laughs> yeah, we will. We will. The table, as it currently stands, there's only two rounds remaining. Dun, dun, dun. Now, unfortunately, we have to buy the final round, which could work very much against us. So, currently, we are in first position on the ladder, and possession is seven, ten, seven eighths of the law, but as you'll see in a second. We have played seven. We have won four, drawn two, lost one, 21 goals, four, six against, 14 points on the board. We're the only ones with a positive goal difference in the whole in the whole conference. Yeah, <laughs> we still may not end up top. Uh, so we're on 14 points. <laughs> Melbourne victory are just now one point behind us. Uh, so that win over us was pretty important. 
so they've won four, drawn one, lost one. But they have two games to go, 11-4-12 against, 13 points. Second ladder. And Adelaide United are still in with a chance as well. So they're also played six. Uh, they've got 10 points on the board. Actually, sorry, they have a plus one positive goal difference compared to a plus 15. So if it ends up equal, we'll, we'll definitely end up on top. But if this is how it plays out conveniently over the next couple of days, over the next two rounds. This weekend, Adelaide United plays Brisbane Raw, so we go away at Adelaide United, so we can knock Adelaide United out of official contention if we beat them this weekend. That is at Jack Smith Park at 10 a.m. on Sunday morning. And, of course, you can catch that on... <laughs> yeah, funny. <laughs> if you count the crowd yourself. Yeah, yeah, and you'll definitely catch the highlights of that one on Unavailable. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, uh, just some news. Yeah. Uh, Melbourne Victory plays Melbourne City in a derby. So Melbourne City have been weird. They haven't won a game all season, have yet had like five draws out of six or something. How? How does Melbourne City's youth team not be the best? I don't know. I just don't think they've clicked this year or something just weird. Yeah. Wow. Uh, but in the final round, we have a bye. Weirdly, there's a split round now for the youth team. Maybe because of the Oli Roo stuff, maybe, I guess. I don't know. Doesn't make much sense. But anyway. Yep. Uh, so Brisbane have a bye final round while Victory and Adelaide play each other. Okay, so there's yeah a chance. There's still a chance that we get the win against Adelaide and then hopefully Melbourne Victory drop uh, at least one of the two final games and we should still hopefully end up top of the conference. I feel like this is the moment where we pay tribute to our good friend Dave and it wouldn't be that session with him going, it's coming home. <laughs> it's, it's, coming home. The team. <laughs> <laughs> it's coming home. I mean, Dave was very disappointed in, uh, in Merza getting dropped to the A-League team <laughs> from the Y-League team. Uh, you know, understandable, really. <laughs> what a phrase, getting dropped. To the A League team, that's that is all right. Let's we've we've been we've been leaning towards. We have so much news that literally goes like for a whole page, but we have a lot of it. Let's talk about signing news. We've sort of been working around it anyway. So I guess we started the last show. We talked the last show. There was a whisper about a player, an ex player, wanting to come back. That turned out to be Luke Bratton. Apparently looking uh, looking for a new contract, and there's a good chance he's looking to return to Brisbane for family reasons. So I don't think that's necessarily this now in this January transfer window, but perhaps into the next transfer window in the summer. So Luke Bratton, perhaps coming back. I don't think anyone would be too sad about that because he is a quality player. Uh, whether we have to still pay super that we owe him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that could be a Maybe that's one. why he's coming back. It'll re-kick the super and you'll get paid out. Yeah. <laughs> so there was another rumor. There was a story came out from, um, from yeah, what's his name? Marco Monteverde in the Korean Mail that, uh, we were looking to offload a few players, and one of the main ones that had been listed was Conor O'Toole, which yeah, I guess when you think through the team, we have three Aussie left-backs at yep. the moment. Young Aussie left-backs. Aussie left-backs, Conor O'Toole, Isaac Powell, and Jordan Courtney Perkins. Just interesting that it's O'Toole that has been selected into the young Oli Roos, not the other two, so doesn't that mean he's maybe the best? Yeah, that's the hard one. I'm not, I'm not I against O'Toole. I don't know it's an age thing. But... Yeah, true. I think... A lot of people don't really like O'Toole, but I think most of last season where he probably got caught out, he was out of position. I think he's more naturally suited to the wing-back roles of playing this season. Mm. And then people still point to him, like, yeah, but he had a couple of goes and didn't really impress. I'm like, yeah, but... I think he impressed all right. Like, I'm you know, happy with him. I think yeah. going forward, he's as good or better than any of our wing-backs. Yeah. That includes the Ingots and the Neville. I think going forward alone. Mm. And if we get the rest of the structure right, I think you need that. I think that's where we're getting stuck at the moment. I think wing-backs aren't as good going forward as, like, say, Perth's, for example, or Wellington's, other teams that are playing that five or wing-back structure. Mm. So I kind of like him, but at the same time, you've got two younger players that are also youth national team level. I guess you got to toss a coin and pick one of them. And, yeah, it looks like, I guess, if if, uh, if, if God has t- picked Jordan Courtney Perkins over 
O'Toole as his preferred option, and Isaac Powell is more than capable backup, or whichever yeah. way rolls. And O'Toole's probably on the most money. So I mean, I guess the other way of looking at it is uh, squad um, registration. I guess O'Toole's probably twenty-one now. Yeah. So well, he would. You can only have twenty players that are over twenty-one, whereas yeah. Courtney Perkins and Powell come under mm, twenty-one. Yeah. So. A tool could go, and we could get another senior player, maybe a bit older. Yeah, which, that's true. And the other part of it was of that from that story in particular was that Roy O'Donovan uh, looking to become an Aussie, which then means that we could actually sign another foreigner, which uh, means we could really get Brexit FC firing on all cylinders with another English lad in there. Franny Jeffers. Franny Jeffers available. No, 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 he's off. He's off to Newcastle. Don't, don't, don't. <laughs> <laughs> we have to sign our own. Uh... I find that a little worrying, right? Like we had our pick of whatever at the start of the season the world. and we didn't get like anyone else. We got what we got, right? Yeah. And now we're sort of saying, oh, well, that's, that, that's kind of been that. Let's get something else. It's like, did we not, were we not ambitious enough to start with? Like that's Correct. what everyone's been worried about. Has money suddenly been fronted and we can go for a real marquee now? Or, you know, like yeah. I feel yeah. like it's weird to sort of say, we're not going to get rid of any of our visa players, but all of a sudden we should go and get a better visa player. Yeah. it's. But then again, we're not, it's, so not yeah. complaining, I guess. No, if it's no. possible, let's do it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, another rumour was, and this one was a very strong rumour, and, and Dave took great delight, I think, putting it out there into the world. I said that all players have been told they're allowed to leave. Every single player in the whole squad was told they're allowed to leave. Now, one player that clearly had no plans on leaving was Jamie fucking Young because he signed and re-signed to a new deal uh, over yeah. these last couple of days. So, yeah, baby, until the uh, 2020... So, it, on the website, it said until the 2020 until the 2020-21 end of that season, so next season, and beyond. Yeah, I saw that as well. I was confused. I'm like... So, is it a two-year deal like, or not? Like, <laughs> is it a one-year deal with... I, I, I think that's a, I think I think that's a very that, sneaky yeah. way of saying, yeah, with extension clauses. Yeah, so. exactly. Yeah, Look, yeah, if he, if he keeps playing the way he's playing, he isn't going. Nice. So I want to throw that one then. We just Jamie Young's here. He's clearly bested everyone for that spot. Yeah. What do we do with Crocom? Is there any reason to keep him? If we can no. find some, like he's a an international keeper Thank technically, you. he probably wants to be playing full time somewhere. We probably should say to him, go try your luck somewhere else. So, yeah. yeah. Who if, who would you replace him with? Because my only concern is even though Somebody Jamie. My only concern is we need to have someone that is going to be able to doesn't not necessarily be oh my god that's Jamie Young 2.0 waiting in the wing but we need we can't go back to what fucking happened last season where yeah. it looks it like I know he improved a bit in the end but we can't have the work experience kidding the goals but again. I guess we've, look we've got to way. have someone that can at least hold their own even instead of two nil loss we can say well look at least it wasn't the keeper's fault. But the yeah. difference last season was we had like injury placements coming in and out and whatever. This season we haven't done any of that. So yeah. if Jamie Young were to pick up a two month injury, you would use that bucket to go get someone. So yeah, I think we're right. in a better place to risk having a like, what's Freck, 20, 20 years old, like well, a young keeper yeah. that's not tested. But definitely yeah. put put Freck in. It's yeah. he look, he showed his Freck's understudies Nathan Foster, who's been around for a while and been around the MPL team as well. So yeah. and we talk yeah. about under 20 players and over 20 players and mm. broken goes, you get another senior player. You can go get someone for somewhere else on the park. And yeah, so if exactly. we're talking of the most obvious people to let go, I think he's another one that we should seriously consider. The one, the one thing I don't want to have to happen to Freck either is that he becomes another one of the uh, raw youth keepers that makes two appearances and then um, falls off the scrap heap and either we never hear from them again or they come back to bite us in the ass. Like mm. I'm thinking of Acton, 
Red May, I don't think I'm Red May was just unlucky, really, more than necessarily. Yeah, he did not a bad time, but I just I would want something to happen with Frank. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, we, keeping in mind, back in the day, we signed Red May as our number one keeper. Yeah, and you then know, Michael Theo became available. Literally at, on the dawn of the season <laughs> after uh, after <laughs> losing that first game 7-1. Uh, I'm and, never, and I'm never going out with a coach and not turning up to a, uh, an under-23 game. With I'm never going to fucking forget that when, when literally a, a fucking Norwich fan froze the season ticket in the face of Theo. Like, good on him for coming back for coming mm. back from that. Like, yeah. <laughs> uh, Anyways. Gingham has apparently pissed off to Indonesia. He was five months into a two-year deal after signing from Central Coast, where he'd signed from Melbourne Victory. At least he ended up like, with us than he did at Central Coast. <laughs> yeah, just. Loyalty. And was, someone put out a tweet, it was like, you know, 22nd of May, left Melbourne Victory, 1st of June, signed for Central Coast, 27th of July, left Central Coast, what, joined Brisbane Roar. And if now he he's wasn't like, an athlete, and that was his resume, he'd be hard to find, wouldn't he? Yeah. <laughs> he just does not stick with it. Yeah. Well, GM only left because he knew that I needed some new material for my Indonesian Super League podcast. <laughs> <laughs> he, he's just keeping me yeah. employed, okay? Excellent. So, yeah. uh, another one that is uh, down, another rumour that's going around is so uh, Scott McDonald. Uh, big thing that he has gotten a release from Western United on with the grounds of PFA. Got oh, involved. R- Rudin unceremoniously, yeah. once he clearly lost the fight with the PFA, came out and said, oh, well, I only want players that want to be here yeah. after weeks of denying that he was going to let him go. Yeah. So. And, and officially, they still haven't. He is still officially on their books. And and it is strong, a strong rumour that we are the ones looking to sign him on an 18-month deal. Do you want him, Bryce? Do you want him? 36-year-old Scott, uh, Scott McDonald uh, to go up front with our 34-year-olds so that our... I don't understand the signing. I really don't. Um, I just wonder whether they want to sign him because, oh, I remember him when he was banging the goals in for Celtic 10 years ago. That's a player that you know, our two main coaches know. I don't, unless Roy Donovan's leaving, I don't see the point of having a 34-year-old and a 36-year-old on big wages, both up front. Particularly how Scott, the back end of Scott McDonald's career went, I'm sceptic because apart from his little stints back to Motherwell in Scotland, he was... He was fairly pants when he decided mm. to make the move to the championship. In I would rather see... I don't want to see us losing at Dylan Wenzel Halls. Now we've just yeah. bumped... Literally, yeah. literally, literally, if we sign Scott McDonald, that will be Dylan Wenzel Halls going, no, oh, I'm out of here. It's, he'll be yeah, gone. It's, already. Yeah, yeah, if, if, if it's not... Yeah, already, Do we get to throw those ones on the pile now? <laughs> <laughs> so we were talking about uh, Dylan Wenzel Halls and Stefan Mock both playing in the, mm, the Wiley comp. Yeah. And Wenzel Halls has just vanished like... We talked about. Um, I always get his surname wrong. Mirza oh, Muradovic. Muradovic. Yeah. Sorry, inflection. How do you do that? Yeah. Um, talking about him coming up and basically leapfrogging Dylan Wenzel Halls. Mm. I think Dylan only got like two starts, and we just went not nah, been him. So, look, total rumor, but I can only imagine that Dylan started to look for somewhere else to go, and who could blame him? Yeah. And I don't know. I'm not a big Stefan Moore player, but I guess in the sense of. What if we swapped him with by dropping him out? Jacob Pepper, I, you know, I, I, I honestly would prefer Pepper. The way that Mork's been playing um, since, since like there was a couple of games early on in the season. Mork hasn't had a chance to play in his preferred position, though. What is his preferred position? His preferred position, position is in behind. He, he wants to be up where... never going to play there while we've got O'Shea and, and Inman. Apparently, yeah, like apparently he's, Scott McDonald. <laughs> well, that's so it. Another like, player that you just... Uh, it, it, uh, he was signed, I think, for a four, like a, a, a four, a four three three. You know, we have two attacking mids. Yes. Stephen Walker signed for one of those. Yeah, and that's fine. But yeah, but to play, we're, back, we're not going to play that with five at the back. Then why did we sign him to a four year deal? Because it was the old regime, <laughs> and then this is the problem. There's, there's yeah. absolutely no overarching strategy whatsoever. 
and what, uh, what, what tiny, tiny amount of overarching strategy there was was absolutely tossed out the window when <laughs> Robbie became coach. Yeah, so. This is the problem with Robbie Fowler, whether he was or wasn't calling the shots back in this time last year, yeah. where we took six months to officially announce him. Like yeah. At some point We're in that six decisions. months, we decided he was the coach, and then there was a this certain is- amount of time working out the mm-hmm. conditions. So yeah. when did he start calling the shots? Was it July or was it January? And in that time, we made some of these calls, like Sonny Dillon, who he clearly hasn't really not that fond of. And Stefan yeah. Mork has been sort of, I know he was signed longer prior to that, but it's another player that mm. I think he's just had enough of. Conor O'Toole, no. Yeah. And Conor O'Toole was re-signed no. last season. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So all these guys, yeah, I just, I can just see a lot of them like, why did we sign Mel's? Yeah. We're exactly. trying everyone in there. We've used Akbari, we've used Pepper, O'Neill's gone. We've moved O'Shea back, we've tried Mork, we just throw people at it, except Mel's who's natural in that screening <laughs> role. He must not be doing something somewhere. Scoring uh, for the youth league. I've yeah. seen some Mel's names down there. <laughs> so I don't know. So there's players like that, pretty much anyone who's not getting a run right now. You've got you, to start I would thinking. expect to see George Mel's leave. Like, I don't, why why would he stick name? around? He's, he's mid-20s, isn't he? I maybe think so, early yeah. 20s. He's early. got to be... He wants to be... Yeah, he'll go to MacArthur or something, maybe. That's the other thing. MacArthur's got to be... Yeah. At the heels well, that's where Mork is. That's a strong room for Mork is he's up to MacArthur. Could you imagine Dillman's a Hall's lead striker, MacArthur, and they just buy this big marquee to play with him? I would root for that team. <laughs> I would also be pissed off that that wasn't that Brisbane Raw strategy. <laughs> you like, why didn't you use what was in front of you, dipshits? Well, that's what I can't get about using uh, Merzer up front. I just think he's good and he's playing well, but I think anything that he's doing, we've already seen Dylan do to a competent level and I don't think he's played up front with a Marty Holloway. And no, I, we I haven't would, seen that combination. I think that combination would have been great. A-H-D-W-H combination and then... Maybe they tried it at training a lot and it just never worked. Who knows? Who knows? So, Morker's 18 months into his four-year deal, just in case you're wondering. Maybe we can sell him. But seriously, Dan, who would buy him? Like... <laughs> well, no, no one in, a, in Australia can. <laughs> yeah, well, exactly. And no one overseas is... Who's this guy on the bench for an A-League <laughs> Indonesian Super League. Come yeah. on. <laughs> you're going to know the whole league just from former Raw players. Former A-League players. Yeah. Absolutely. There was actually there was a piece of news I didn't put in here was and they said it was like ex Brisbane Raw player. I'm like, I've never heard of you before. <laughs> Gronin or something like that. He's just he just went from like the Malaysian league to the Philippines league or the Southern it's like ex Brisbane Raw player Gron. I was like, oh, yeah. anyway. Anyway. The other we sort of mentioned it before, the Oli Roos, they're off at their championships. Aiden O'Neill got the call off and so did Conor O'Toole from Brisbane Raw. So this is the under twenty three officially the under twenty three AFC championships in Thailand, with of course the top three making the twenty twenty Olympics to join Japan who are already in it. When we don't make the Olympics. Sorry, well, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm just that's be positive. It's, it's 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 my one gripe. We 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 never seem to qualify. Well, if we want to qualify the Olympics, we should have never left Oceania. Yeah, <laughs> Coach, Coach Arnie said we're going out to win every game. That's the attitude. They've had some all right results. Taking. They've had some all results, all right results planned. So it'll be interesting. I think it's our better chance in a little while to do I mean, it. The yeah. team's it's not so, bad though. It's right? so strange that we have the national team coach as the Ollie Rose coach. Well, say. well, I mean, Arnold's also come out and sort of said he would rather have someone else take that off him as well. Well, I mean, we we used to. This is the first time it's happened in a long time like all the previous True. ones so like Vidmar and stuff was one of them and I can't remember it was last but anyway it, okay. picture the scenes somehow we do qualify and somehow we win a fucking gold medal um, just imagine that Australia's first Olympic gold medal in football and it's got Graham Arnold's name attached to it that's uh, well we know it won't happen if, uh, if Graham Arnold's doesn't help yeah <laughs> I've seen our Olympic qualifications. We'll sack him three months before the Olympics <laughs> and sign some European coach. Yeah, to play boring defensive football. Wait, hang on. 
wrestle okay. a national yeah. icon. All right, all right, all right, all right, all right, Josh is available, right? <laughs> we could get him. He knows all these players. Very available. Merrick is totally attacking football guys. That's why we've been crying for at that level. Yeah, that four four one one. He was that four four one one. He was playing against uh, the second bottom team in the league at home. He's uh, hey, really attacking football. They got a point out of that game. <laughs> <laughs> he knows Asian football. He's been Hong Kong national team manager. Yeah, that's just true. This I mean, true. he admits he's a caretaker manager. <laughs> I read an article about uh, Frank Farrell the other day. Maybe he's ready for another podcast. Oh, well, oh, he's an Oceania expert, mate, not an Asian expert. Uh, they were linking Harry Kuehl to the Newcastle job. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> he didn't apply Jesus. for it. He <laughs> just went, who's an Aussie <laughs> that could possibly do this? Are you, Harry Kuehl. Are you seriously kidding me that he's been fucking That was in an article. That was linked. What Jets, a useless piece of shit that man is. Seriously. Harry Kuehl's out of the job. The reporter or <laughs> Harry Kuehl? <laughs> yes. You should, you should know my feelings on Harry Kuehl. What's his name? Laurie McKinnis said he started to receive unsolicited coaching SCVs halfway through the Jets losing to Melbourne victory. <laughs> the agents were yeah. just sending. Uh, yeah. In one way, it's kind of disappointing the agents would do that. On yeah. the other thing, at least people want to manage it. proactive. Yeah. <laughs> oh, exactly. There was big talk about some German manager just through his say, who obviously has seen Babel coaching and he was like, oh, I could go do that. Anyway, we're talking about the under-23s. Why are we back at fucking Newcastle? This is not the bloody Jets. I want to know if the German manager's name was Jürgen Klopp. No, no, it wasn't. Anyway, top three go. Wednesday, 8th of January, Versailles Rock, 8.15 kickoff here. So that's episode will probably be out by that, but you might not have listened to all of it by the time. <laughs> might take you the rest of the day to listen to it. <laughs> so it's Iraq first up. Then on Saturday um, night, we have Thailand, the host at 11.15pm kickoff, and then Tuesday, the 14th of January, Bahrain. So uh, on that 11.15 kickoff again as well. So that's all Brisbane time. So you'll see other times posted out by other people. That's normally generally going to be down south. So should, should be some real sparkling football. Uh, yes, I'm sure there will be. Uh, the AFC's YouTube channel is apparently... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. I know I was rolling with you. I swear, I, like I knew some of did. our players, though. Yeah, there's the, good the players there, but just it's don't not overcoach them into a strategy and just say, go play. <laughs> Well, Zach Duncan's in the team. He yeah. was exciting. Remember him? Just I'm oh. glad you said glad you said go play, not come and play, because uh, that's just echoing. There was uh, some other <laughs> there was some other ex raw player within the team. Zach Duncan and was was Conor O'Toole. <laughs> <laughs> He's not ex yet. All right, there was two current and two ex players in the squad. Uh, I can't remember the other Was there one. an Ingham in there somewhere? No. God, no. no they represent, the they represent New Zealand. Jingham would be, if New Zealand made the Olympics, Jingham would be one of the three overage players that plays oh, on the New Zealand God. national team. Hey, don't, don't knock it. Because they are also playing their Olympic qualifiers coming up. So, yeah, uh, yeah. And they could lose to the mic that is Haiti. Yeah. Uh, anyway. Hey, what? <laughs> Fucking Haiti. Haiti. Uh, anyway, the games are getting shown apparently on AFC's YouTube channel. Uh, mm, Fox Sports might do the playoffs if we make it. Maybe they're thinking about it. Look, it's football. Fox Sports don't have money for football anymore. It's why their coverage has turned a bit eh. And as you just heard, the Oceania, Oceania has uh, combined with uh, Comedy Concacaf and uh, is now the uh, yeah the, oh, the, the Islander uh, the, the Island League. Tahiti, yeah. then, mate. Jeez, not yeah. Haiti. Whatever, mate. Whatever. Mate, Daggers is the other. Daggers, thank you, player. thank you, thank you. I see. I told you it was another one. Shut up, you clackers. You can't believe he's not 27 yet. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we had a one-all draw with Korea Republic in a warm-up game, so I think that's a reasonable positive sign that they so. at least good, they know how to score a goal. That's a good shot. That's, yeah. We didn't, we didn't bring Azani in, who is finally back in fitness, so he could actually be... If we do actually make the Olympics, Azani would be... This is not there. a bad squad, though, right? Like, imagine someone like Bohadra up front. I just butchered his name. Nanjarine's a good player. Hmm? Bacchus is in there, we know. They've got uh, Gersbach, who's been playing for oh, Socceroos. Yeah. So oh, Arnie loves him. Oh, and, God, um, please have... Please have Taz Studd in games. Who's, how do you pronounce his last name? Mordecus. Mordecus. But like, 
Connor Metcalf and Dennis Jonro have been playing well off the I just want more to play, so Price he has to uh, pronounce Ture. his name. Pis- Pis- Piscopo. 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 He's been playing well. Yeah, been starting. Exactly. So that's not a bad mix of players if we can find any shape that makes them work. And we don't have to beat Japan, which is always a positive. <laughs> like, So, you know, it's, at least one good team is out of the race. You know, like, it's a positive. Let's move on. Let's move on. We'll cover them off in the next game, how we went, and, uh, you know, we'll either be happy that maybe we've gone right or maybe we'll just be sad. And, uh, no, we're not going to the Olympics again. A-League and W-League games uh, got flipped around in late February. Uh, it's our last W-League home game was on a Saturday. It got flipped to a Sunday. We had a home game against Perth Glory in the A-League, which has been flipped, which was one of the ones out at, I think it was Perth Glory, uh, one of the ones out at um, Dolphins has been flipped to the Saturday uh, due to Perth Glory and Sydney FC in the ACL. So, that one, just change your calendars around if you haven't already. Have a look at those ones. So that one, late February 16th, 17th, somewhere around that date. Uh, the 18th January game versus the Knicks is for the Football Brisbane Zone game and registered players can attend for free participate, and also participate in the pre-match March past. Is that for the kids? Yes. Yeah, the kids. Around. They did that last year. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, uh, so the Church League gets a go on the March 6th game versus Western Sydney Wanderers. That'll be a sight for some of the... More religious. Oh, yeah. no, real, real sharp for all the priests out there. Yeah. Oh. NPLW. Oh. <laughs> NPLW gets to come to the March 13 game versus Central Coast Mariners. Brian, Hust- Brian Houston's coming to that game. <laughs> we might even get the PM there if that's the case. I am not affiliated with this. <laughs> all <laughs> complaints are all complaints are Sunny Coast gets to go on April 14th to the Newcastle Jets game. But most excitingly, and I'm sure plenty of them will come down, North Queensland kids get to come down to the March 28th game versus Sydney FC for Queensland round. Oh, yeah. Queensland round. Pricey, Sydney FC versus Brisbane North. Pricey, That's where, full Queensland quality right yeah. there. Where, where's the Downs round? Where's the Southwest Queensland round? No. For sake? Maybe they've already had the go. I'm not sure. When, why, uh, why is Queensland round not our home game against Melbourne Victory? That's pretty much full Brisbane Raw teams. That's right. Well, exactly. Actually, Sydney FC has more X players of ours at the moment than. Uh... Yeah, the Melbourne teams are going to be light on X Brisbane players. It's almost like we haven't been good enough for a while. We're not bother stealing any of our players <laughs> anymore. Right. We should name that one the Bratton Homecoming Round. <laughs> well, uh, the bottom two A League teams are going to play off for the final FFA Cup spot, which means we will get an extra competitive fixture of Brisbane Raw versus Newcastle Jets. Yay! For, for, for one or, or for, an F3 I don't understand that. I, I definitely understand. Why it. do they kick an A League team out? Well, it's because they, they don't want to. They don't want to get rid of. They want to keep the same number of of NPL teams or you know uh, what do they call it? Community clubs yeah. in the competition. So yeah, and they and they want to and they're using it as a method to you know <laughs> to force teams to at least maybe try and not finish bottom ladder. Well, and and the, <laughs> and I, they're going to either do one of two things. This this follows to kind of say. Hey, this is the incentive for you to not fucking just be shit in the A League. You know, even though it's not much of an incentive, mm-hmm. it's an incentive because what they're either going to do is they're either going to say, "Hey, the bottom two A League teams, once MacArthur's in, and it's or 12. next year, next year, the following year. Sorry, I didn't get to finish. But the bottom four for two spots, it's nine v twelve and ten v eleven. So yeah. that's what they're doing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So that's that's yeah, well, and that's I, that's locked in as well. Well, so. I'm with you. It is an incentive because not that you. Like the FFA Cup, you get some okay quality preseason games under your belt, and match it matches. might, it might, yeah, and match it, is, it might actually give the league to care two shits about. Oh, we're going to finish, you know, oh tenth, we're going to finish eleventh. Yeah, compared to absolutely no incentive at all, it's something. However, however, and you could just think of it as a separate little pathway that it's part of the round of sixty-four, really. Yeah. 
Anyway, but I hope you're preparing for the annual FFA Cup review show to be changed into the annual FFA Cup playoff oh, review, <laughs> show. Yeah. review show. Yeah, I mean, I think of us, I think us and Newcastle are two, us, Newcastle and Wellington are like the three clubs that have done like nothing in the FFA Cup. So, yeah, look, looking forward to us being in there. This one was a bit, just a funny one. Uh, Shane Smeltz has signed for Gold Coast United in the NPL. Fuck off. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, United, you feel. Uh, and just and going the other way, Oscar Dillon went to uh, Western United from uh, the Gold Coast Knights. So, which, um, you know, if, you, if you've seen him play, that's uh, that was inevitable. Yeah, he was a very good player and probably unlucky not to be picked up. But yeah. that's why they jumped on him when they had a bit of a defensive thing. But West and, United and got rid of a central yeah, defender yeah, and then got two yeah, injuries, injuries, two yeah, injuries straight after that. And now they're in panic stage. Mm. And big surprise, uh, NPL Queensland talent gets locked up by a Victorian uh, club. Yes. Uh, this uh, well, this was uh, Broish lost uh, Thomas Broish lost to best apparition in the final of the A League's Player of the Decade vote through Instagram and Facebook. Were, were we sad, happy uh, about that? I mean, I think just best is still yeah, fresh in everyone's minds. So he one. has three clubs that can vote for him. Well, it's, and it's a popularity contest, yeah, and yeah. Uh, you know, victory just you know slightly wider fan base look, as well. I in think, terms of I think the mate, look, eight of the sixteen players were players that have played for Brisbane. Yeah. And I think, but really the main vote that happened was that Thomas Broy should be Diego Castro. So just tick that one up, you person. <laughs> yep. <laughs> now, this was probably the big one that I mentioned before. So there's calls, and this is fresh out today by Vince Rigari, around calls for the A-League to move back to winter. Uh, so some of the things, this is coming from the PFA and uh, some other things around that. One of, some of the reasons are obviously line up with the other divisions, which could be important if we get into promotion and relegation. Uh, line up with the seasons in Asia better as well. And, of course, the reasoning being that too many games are being affected by heat, especially the W League and the Y League. So and it's, it's, it's not just moving the A League. So it's the whole of whatever, however you want to call this, I guess the professional competition structure, moving that all back to winter, which, I don't know. It's it's one of those things I think is going to play out as more games get affected and called off and... Look, I've already got a random thought, which is actually somehow a positive about this happening, which might be a good thing. At least there may be a chance. I know the money will have to come from somewhere. God knows where. But we might actually maybe see some... Christ, I'm going to have to say Good that. Stadiums. Yeah, I was always going to mm. say soccer-specific stadiums, MLS style. But yeah, actually, we might have a chance of us going to stadiums that actually aren't you know, two men in a dump, mm. So yeah. I mean, that's, that's going commercial route, though. It'll tank our TV deal because we'll be competing with... It's going to tank anyway. Well, yeah, we're, 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 we're tanking for, already. So no, we'll be streaming on YouTube once this Fox Sports deal's done. Like that's where, where, that's where, where, where whenever, I've got whenever, whenever the uh, whenever that TV deal is up, we are getting fucking nothing. We'll be on Optus with the elites of the EPL. I think we will legit. It'd just be a really cheap deal for them. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think the smart. I honestly think the only way they could really do it is actually start producing it all themselves and sell a streaming package themselves. Yeah. Um, and then maybe more, maybe an office does come on board with that. But, but anyway, I, about winter, I cringed when we talked about this earlier, but I've been thinking about it. I can kind of see it happening. Mm. Like, I can see it working and not being the worst thing imaginable. Yeah. I, I, I think that what they're going to have to end up doing, because the, the fact that it's in summer is a point of difference and it allows multi-code fans to actually watch the games. Yeah. Um, and you have I, to kind of line up with Asia, I think. Makes a big difference. And, and look, honestly, you're lining it up with the rest of the world. It's not. It's not about our climate. You know, players are going to come and play here, whatever the climate is. But I think that what you're going to have to start thinking about with all of the, you know, bushfires, the heat waves, and everything that are that's happening at the moment, I think you'd have to genuinely think about 
a bit of a split season situation where you take a summer break where other team other leagues play you know take yeah. a winter break you know like because that. because you know if you're constantly having to postpone fixtures because of heat or smoke mm. or whatever you know it makes sense to kind of take at least but a little bit of a break to minimise that or but it also mitigate. comes back to we pander so much to Fox Sports and that they set up their schedule of when they want games to happen and we get screwed over in Brisbane because you know I don't understand why we couldn't have a game kicking off about 6pm down south and then Brisbane has a game kicking off at just a bit past 7 right yeah. and with our extra time zone difference that would be an 8 you know that would be 8 down Fox but we never two channels then oh, no, no 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 because of the time zone we would kicking off just as that oh, yeah, okay. yeah, you yeah. see what I'm getting at like yeah. we did it during the Asian Cup really well um, yeah. the Brisbane game was always a late, just a slightly later kickoff and yet but then our club seems to want early kickoffs and I mean we just push forward kickoffs because we want to be on ABC and they're the only ones that will give us a time slot and we need to get in before the 7pm news and so all of a sudden we're kicking off at 4pm in the middle of Brisbane and it's hot as balls inside of Suncorp Stadium it's a it's shit atmosphere and it's a shit attendance like yeah. and it looks crap on TV because anyone that has half a brain cell knows not to sit on the side of the stadium in the That's baking sun all game uh, look I, I can I can see this push happening I don't know whether we'll get up it certainly won't get up while the current deals in like no, but then you probably need to have it i think we've got three years to go it's at least going to be three years before it's even mooted yeah. um and if they do it mm. it's going to be a it's going to be a make or break sort of moment for the league because unless we have sort of more specific stadiums you mm. know all of that sort of stuff lined up at that point and unless we've got our own streaming service unless we've got something that people will want to actually watch by that point it, it, the, the league is going to suffer and it may go under. The PFA's got to probably look at this from the point of the clubs being more self-supportive mm. in that, in like a three-year window when this comes up. Absolutely. You know I mean? like the whole reason for taking control over the FFA was to make it more commercially viable. So they've probably got to be thinking we need we can get we away from Fox or from a TV deal or spon- like league sponsorship. The clubs can stand alone. We can have a bit of flexibility, that's yeah. probably got to be what they're thinking, right? Like, they wouldn't make this call. I, I, I also think, though, that, you know, whatever the deal is, because, I mean, Foxtel's dying, you know, you know people are cutting the cord left, right and centre. The future is streaming. It's just how you monetize that effectively and, and how you get a product and how you get people to pay for a product that at the moment is being killed by VAR. People aren't going to want to tune in to, you know, this level of football, with VAR. Mm. Like, I have a hard enough time watching the Premier League at the moment with VAR. Like, it's yeah. it's a ruiner. Like, fans hate it. Fans will tune out and stay tuned out if it's the A-League. They, you know, Premier League, you've got 100 years of investment, you know, people and family ties. Clubs, and, you know, yeah. people aren't going to give up following clubs because of VAR. They're going to fucking piss and moan about it like Brits do. Um, but, you know, we... We just Do we don't, get off there? Yeah. No, 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 but we're, no, we're, I know we're getting out, but, but yeah, we what, don't need to be out. Right? No, 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 absolutely. But what we kind of need is, you know, we need the clubs to actually, in the next three years, while we have the TV deal, invest some serious fucking coin. Because if we don't, then, you know, if, if, we, if we don't have a TV deal or some way to basically fill in that revenue gap, the, the standard of the league is going to go in the toilet and that's why they're going to stay there or. And the league's going to fold, and it'll just end up. It'll, it'll end up a pretty niche league, maybe. Well, well it, it may fold because if we can't mm. pay the players what they're currently being paid, they're yeah. all going to fuck off. We're going to be left with essentially an NPL system because there there won't be anything left. I, I, I think you know it, it's going to be a very very pivotal time for the uh, for the sport as a whole. 
Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's some huge things coming up. Let's do a little bit of peak A-League just to do that, and then we'll do a going for orange and tipping, and uh, then we'll wrap it all up with um, some of the stuff. Obviously, all the stuff that's going on, we already sort of touched on just to end the show. So yeah. let you poor people go. Yeah. <laughs> so peak A-League, uh, just a couple of sort of things. Uh, we already sort of touched on it. City cruising at 3-0 up on the weekend, entered Delbridge, gets himself sent off. So the great part was that uh, Wingichler had... Wimbledon had um had started the game over Delbridge for the first time, got a yellow card. So Mombart is like, well, I've got Delbridge on the bench. I'll bring him on to protect <laughs> Wimbledon from getting a uh, second yellow card. <laughs> what does Delbridge do? Get himself sent off. Uh, City nearly throw away three nil, and they were cruising at three nil, absolutely cruising. But I, they still got the three points. That's why I, you know, I just it. I just love it that Brisbane's the team that punished them when they got <laughs> yeah. up by three goals once, and so this whole game they were petrified that that was going to happen. <laughs> Oh yeah, the city's team's a bit um, schizophrenic, aren't they? Uh, the problem is up and down. They're probably the only team that can challenge Sydney this year, and At they're times, not. Yeah. yeah, and they're not putting it together in a way that will <laughs> help them beat. Well, Sydney. I already think so, Sydney have won the league, so the uh, Premier's play, yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, a grand final. The finals yeah. always yeah. a challenge. Maybe Perth will. Maybe about take time and score one goal <laughs> yeah, and maybe. beat them in penalties or something. Popovich masterclass. Yeah, who's going to do the thing straight to the goalie? Yeah. Uh, the Western City Wanderers just had like game where George Garcia went off his head. As we touched on. We already touched on. Like, uh, uh, three uh, penalties. Uh, and... The last one, just so egregious as we discussed, but you know, Georgievsky calling basically the team to just leave. Yeah, so yeah. was you the best. Have seen that, Bryce? You no, no, I think I was, well, I was, I, I think I was traveling down. He so was so in for that handball in his own goal box. I think they VAR'd at the start. Oh yeah, yeah. Gave yeah. the penalty. He was ran up to the fourth official and like complained, and the fourth official was like, oh. "It's done." He like was like ripping off his shirt and getting ready yeah. to walk down. Like the basically tunnel took off his hand, doing the hand motion to yeah, the like, team. Uh, yeah, the leave, the, leave the pitch in protest. And the coach is just sitting down. But, like, and then Babel goes up. Lost. And Babel goes up to him and basically forces him out yeah. back out on the field because he was ready to just go down the and tunnel. This is like 90, 95, 96 no, minutes game <laughs> with like five yeah. more minutes of injury time to go. But yeah, scenes, man, scenes. Yeah, and it took forever. And Beath was watching the actual decision, literally from as far as I am to the microphone. He was so close to the decision, made the right call initially, and then overturned it on VAR because you know his elbows were sticking out like slightly too, like the worst decision. Strabray said it was the wrong decision afterwards. You know, absolutely peak A League stuff. The problem yeah. is just to put a hat on that though. We compare just the Georgievsky one and then the, the older one, one after. But the problem is, is that this handball rule has been changing every week. Oh, absolutely. Louis Fenton got done by one, and I think Delbridge got done yeah. by one by sliding in, and he had his hands on his chest when he slid. And that caught the ball. Steve Taylor got one where he reached out, I think, recently. Well, that was the one on the weekend where Delbridge got the red card. Was like his arm was sort of down, and that's but it wasn't connected to the ground. Yeah, see that which one. Which to be the bridge anyway. That one I think was the right call because yeah. it stopped the goal. But anyway, like the problem is the rule changes every week, and we said we're just going to get thing the most. I don't think the refs even know consistently among no, themselves don't. what to call these days, and it's just an absolute mess. And they really don't. It's sad. Uh, we already covered on Ziggler's uh, taped up bottom lip and that yeah. great Hannibal. It reminds me of when Hannibal. Manny McCoy got elbowed in the face and had his whole face taped up. Yeah. His nose was busted. <laughs> that, was so, like, that game, that was uh, the Squires did that well, by the way. That's, yes. Yeah. Oh, I need to check that out. <laughs> Uh, Central Coast Central Coast Mariners New Year's game well definitely not after the hyper last year still Look, a thing so nothing win- can no, nothing no. can and, and, and I mean you, you also we, we haven't recorded <laughs> we haven't recorded uh, we haven't recorded since but Squires did a great oh, one year yeah. memorial cartoon of that game oh that was fucking great that it was, was great. Great. 
So. Uh, but this year's New Year's Eve game did, did at least have the source bottles needing to get deflated because it was too windy. <laughs> to me, nothing is ever going to top the machine gun. Oh. That's that's never going to be topped. Yeah. Like, like, but just the con- the confluence of events in that game was just, you know, it was the fucking dog shit comment. Yeah. <laughs> it was the uh, the goals being down for 40 minutes. Oh, yeah, the, the Osprey. You know, the Osprey the, closing like, the stand. That was the first game if, that the Osprey had closed the stand. If you like, ever needed a moment to show the A-League to over, oh, the 100%. Oh, yeah. Show the broadcast just simply, of that. Just simply, like, showing that to him and then going, that's it. Like, just, and, what, what, and what was his name, the commentator for that game? Because it was a fill-in guy. He's been let go from Fox now. But... Uh, um, yeah, you know who I'm talking about yeah, anyway. Um, but It was McBreen was called a dog shit, though. Yeah, McBreen called it dog shit, but he was talking to the filling guy. Anyway. He was pretty good, actually. Yeah, he was, like, he was very good. No, it wasn't Tao. It, was, no, no, it, no. it wasn't, it wasn't Tao, but yeah. Um, anyway, but basically filling in time by look, looking around the stadium to find the gun kid, like it was the best A-League broadcast <laughs> ever that's ever existed or will ever exist. It, it's just, it's just never going to be topped. No, it I know it's going off target when you just slow down, but was the fill-in guy, he wasn't in because of um, the space with poor old Mike Cockrell. Um, I mean, they have always he, been trying to fill that sort of spot. Yeah, yeah. This year it he, was a, like he was a Mariners and, fan as well. Yeah, yeah. 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 seems this season it's just speed and, and hill just about everywhere, um, apart from over in Perth so, and obviously yeah. New Zealand. So I know it's a long thing, but still, rest in peace, Mike. I, I miss you. <laughs> yeah. He hasn't been on the show since. <laughs> there's, there's still moments where I just think of Mike Cockrell commentating. I just, it's just mm. like, oh, he, he was a very knowledgeable person about this league, that's true. Anyways, did so, you want to do Les Murray's well eulogy? No, <laughs> just, just double check. Johnny Warren? Yeah. <laughs> the show's longer than this. <laughs> yeah. um, and the last one that we had was uh, Cam Devlin trying to lead Calver, giving a shoulder to oh, help him. Brilliant, because Calver's. A good foot and a half taller than him in general, and Devlin's like run over. I think they must be like mates at a certain level. They were both at Sydney last year or something, and Devlin doesn't even come up to his armpit. So he put his put his shoulder and put the guy's arm around him, and he can't even lean on him. Calvin's <laughs> just way too tall timber, and so the trainers fall and come over and like push Devlin out of the way and say, "I'll get him." Fantastic. I think it, at least at least it helps. You know, there's there's always something to be said. And it's funny because they don't they're not actually playing for the same team. I don't think so. Devlin ran over because it's his mate hmm. on the other team to help him. Oh right, yeah, because yeah, that's probably yeah. Once, that's once who it, was it? Was Wellington? It, yeah, once. Devlin's Wellington. Yeah, so maybe they played a new team together or something. I don't <laughs> know. Anyway, that will uh, unless anyone's got another PK league they know off the top of their head very quickly. No, excellent. Right, you know what. He's been working away at it. He's been very studious. I think it's time for Going for Orange. O-R-A-N-G-E. That spells orange easy as can be. O-R-A-N-G-E. That spells orange most definitely. Right, Going for Orange. I have no idea what the scores are. I think I'm winning. <laughs> I know I'm losing. I know well, you, you've, got a, you've got a point. I got a, where, I where think, I think it could be you, me, Dave, or all like two points or something like that. Anyway, uh, no, I'm, just, I'm sure Dave will tell us if we're wrong, but yeah, yeah no. And absolutely. I'm pretty sure the guests. Although, Dan, you're almost on here so often, maybe might have to start split you out from the guests here. No, <laughs> I guess, no, 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 then no, the no. guests will beat me. <laughs> no, no, you, you stand on my side. <laughs> all right, then, take us away. All right. I was born on the 18th of September, 1973. Ooh, that's old. Scott Chipperfield. No, 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 no. Oh, 
I don't even know what all of these. Fred Edison. Right. Uh, Danny and Nori. No. Over my career, I've played in nine countries for 20 clubs. That's some real German studies there. Shane Smeltz. No. Boss. No. I played 10 times for my country, scoring one goal. Fuck. God damn it. He's on the tip of my tongue. Um, I'm going to ask Nate's all over this. Go guess. <laughs> I think it, I, I'm either close or way off. But, oh, God damn it. All I can say is the team he played for and Ben will just laugh at me and go... He played for North North, uh, North Queensland Fury. I say I, I'm I, I, I'm not up to the A League portion of anyway, uh, um, the uh, the, the guessing <laughs> segment. Like, yeah, thinking of like Sissa Pupo or something like that. Sissa Sissa Piang, Sissa something like that. Is that what you're trying to think of? Anyway, you're going. Hang on, no, just you know. I've got lots of clues. I've got lots of clues. He's got lots of clues. Now, in my career, I have played with. So my team, this is as a teammate of. You like this one, don't you? You do like this quote. Zlatko Zahovic, Georges Haji, Claudio Tafarel, JJ Okocha, and Deco. Mario fucking Jadel. Correct. Yeah! Because <laughs> he's the useless piece of shit in the A League. He was. Jadel only scored one goal for his country. Correct. Wow. Now, I want to go through the rest of these clues because I was not expecting an early mark on this one. <laughs> you weren't expecting because me. Because some of this is fucking insane. Oh, just like Brisbane Raw, guests are now one out of now. one for 2020. <laughs> so, I wasn't expecting up, someone to kind of pick our Brazilian just yet. So, I was going to say, I won the European Super Cup for Galatasaray in 2001. Scoring the winner against Real Madrid. Haji, ah. that's where I got it. It's over my career. I scored. At, I scored at. Uh, I would have fucked up this in the actual section too, but I scored <laughs> in Istanbul in the stadium in Istanbul, whatever that one is. Uh, I scored the winner at Anfield. I scored the winner against Real Madrid, and uh, I scored uh, championship-winning goals on two continents. Because, so, and then the trophies I have won in my career are the Copa Libertadores in 1995, three Portuguese leagues in a row from 1996 to 1999, the UEFA Super Cup in 2000, the Argentine Premier League in 2004, the Cypriot Cup in 2006-07, and... The A League in 2007-2008. Oh, yeah, because they won the Premiership that year. Yes. <laughs> I think he nearly left by the time they got to the end of the season, didn't Correct, he? Correct. Yeah. He was on the He field, was on yeah. there. Pretty good medal. <laughs> over <laughs> my... Rules, no. <laughs> over my 253 career games, I scored 200 and... Sorry. Sorry, over my 335 career games, I scored 281 goals. I think I might have gotten it by then. Mate, well, that would have been a good clue for me anyway. Yeah. Wait, no, goals, I, like a lot of goals. <laughs> I was, 
Yeah, because that is an absolute fucking dickload of goals. Um, so does oh. he get there in the end to crack the? I can't remember if he actually got there in the end to claim the record. I mean, Messi or Ronaldo is probably overtaking him anyway. But. Oh, almost certainly. But the um, I scored more than a goal a game in over 100 appearances for Porto. And I won the European Golden Boot in 1998-99 and 2001-2002. I, in 2014, I revealed that during my spell at Porto, I can consume cocaine with the knowledge of both the club's doctor and physiotherapist. <laughs> <laughs> it's a performance improvement trend. <laughs> it is. Mm. My career started to decline when I injured my knee in a swimming pool fall. I moved to England with Bolton Wanderers uh, for uh, for a transfer fee of up to one point five million euros. <laughs> I played for I played in Serie A, the Argentine First Division, and in as a trialist for Scottish Premier League side St Mirren. <laughs> The peak of the and, career. And, and I played for the Bulgarian side Chernomorne Vara Varna. Um, <laughs> one day later, played in a two-all draw, and within a month I had uh, left due to unpaid wages. Now, the very last clue for this one was at the 2014 general election in Brazil, I was elected to the Chamber of Deputies on the Social Democratic ticket with 41,000 votes. I was later stripped of my office for corruption. <laughs> Mario Jardel, everyone. Congratulations. That clue reading out went longer than the actual guessing section. <laughs> it did, it did, but I, I, I must say oh, I was he's... very, very pleased with that. And it, 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 the clues went a little bit out of order there, as you may have been able to tell, with those slightly uh, more less obvious ones at the end. But, yeah. um, yeah, you would have gotten it. Mario Jardel. Anyway, tipping. Dan, how do we all go? Well, last you week. You went well, probably. I can just, uh, I can just tip this old shit. <laughs> so we'll just cover last, <coughs> last week. Salty at all. Because if we try and go back. Oh, yeah, don't go back any further. Just go to the forever. So um, unfortunately, Yachiba got three last week. Boo. Um, Dave and Rick and the listeners, five apiece last week. And myself, Ben and Price, you all got six. You're right. Six of the best. You're all shit. So we kept tipping through the break. So there's a few, few rounds in there, I believe. Yeah. Um, so on 40 points is Yashiba. Unfortunately, he's dropped off the bottom. 43 points is Ben. Yeah. Yay. Getting back up there. 45 points is Dave. 46 is the listeners. 47 is Rick. 48 is Pricey. And 58 is Dan. <laughs> 58. <laughs> he's <laughs> a Sydney FC of our tipping ring. He is right so beginner's luck. Yeah, he is just literally, so Literally, you have chalk and cheese literally <laughs> right next to each other right now. <laughs> Absolutely. God damn it. I even just did Prince right? Dan and I are sitting right next to each other just so you have that image in your head. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah. 18 right. point gap in 13 rounds. Yeah. All right. Well, moving on to this week, just so we'll get this all wrapped up. It is uh, starting off the A-League this weekend. It is Newcastle with their temporary coach in charge versus Sydney FC. Dave has gone for Sydney. Rick has gone for the draw. What says you? Hang on, let me just make my thing. That is a bold call from Rick. (laughs) This is a very bold call. Dan, you're leading this competition. Tell me what you want. First we love Sydney. I know, right? Maybe he's expecting new coach bounce. Yeshiva? Draw. Fuck it. Go, Look, I've got no go make some calls. Got, I can't go any further down, so I'll let you do Sydney. it. Sydney. Yeah, and I'm also on Sydney. Because <laughs> the reason why I'm in There's a reason the bloody Killbots are top of the league by like 12 points Kill halfway bots. through the season. 
The Wellington Phoenix host Western Sydney Wanderers. Dave and Rick are both on the mucks. Ben, what says you? Oh, yeah, look, mucks uh, for me, thanks. Yeah. Yoshiba, what says you? Draw. Mucks. Mucks for Dan and Nicks for me as well. Brisbane Raw host Melbourne City. So far, Dave and Rick have both gone for Melbourne City. I'm not sure if I have that right. One of them might have been a draw. I just maybe need to double-check that very quickly. Uh, what says you, Yoshiba? Brisbane Raw. Brisbane Raw at home. City. Oh, no, City, City. Yep, I do have that right. I'm on City. City. I'm also on Melbourne City. Ben? Draw, please. Fair what, enough. Three or draw or nil or draw? <laughs> <laughs> I think you know. I, I don't know. Four or draw. We can't keep them out, and I don't think uh, we're to score three. Perth are hosting Adelaide. Myself, Rick, and Dave are all on Perth. What says you, Dan? Yeah, Perth. Adelaide are falling off the wagon. Yeah, Yeshiva. Perth, thank you. Ben? Draw. Ooh. And rounding out the round, Central Coast Mariners host Melbourne. Victory. Dave, Rick are on Victory. What says you, Ben? Draw. Wow, bloody Adam over here. Did draw all the the rounds? Dan, what says you? Uh, Yeah, victory. Victory for me as well. And what says you, Sheba? Draw. Draw. All right, moving on to the W League. It is Melbourne City versus Canberra on Thursday Night Football. Myself, Dave and Rick, we're all back in City. What says you, Ben? Yeah, City, please. Yeshiba? Computing. Hold on. Dan? (laughs) City. Yeshiba? Draw. I was already starting to type it. (laughs) (laughs) Now, this one's actually an interesting one, I think, in some ways. Uh, Newcastle v Adelaide in Newcastle. Uh, uh, Should be an interesting one. Dave has gone for Newey. Rick is on the Bogans, which I had to clarify which set of Bogans he did really mean. And he meant Newcastle because, of course, Adelaide are the piss ants. Uh, What says you, Dan? Newcastle. Newcastle. What says you, Ben? Newcastle, please. I am on the draw. What says you, Yoshiba? Uh, Newcastle. Okay, so I'm the only one that's not back in Newcastle. This is a chance. This is your chance yeah. to catch up. Adelaide, Adelaide, have Mary Fowler. Western Sydney Wanderers host Brisbane. Dave is on the draw. Rick is on Western Sydney. What says you, Yeshiba? Brisbane Raw. Brisbane. Ben? Western Sydney. Dan? Western Sydney Wanderers. And I hey. am also tipping Western Sydney Wanderers. Yeah, I feel dirty. Yeah. <laughs> Yeshiba is, is the only one to have tipped Brisbane in either the A-League or the W-League this weekend, and he is bottom of our tipping competition. Yeah, don't feel dirty. <laughs> You're actually winning. I'm not. Because <laughs> I tip with either I tip with either my heart or just fuck it. So. I just want Brisbane to be good enough to earn my tip mm. and the win. <laughs> you just better rely on the W-League to be able to at least you'd be like, yeah, we can back Brisbane with a bit of confidence, but that Western Sydney team is pretty handy. That does us for tipping this week. That well, no, I want to say something to obviously round out the show this week. So that is the end of uh, everything we had to cover here. So obviously there's a lot of damage going on. Actually, first off, I just want to say shout out to Jamie. I know her dad just went into hospital. He's obviously of this show and, and partner of Dave. So, um, you know, uh, shout out to those guys. Um, you know, we're always thinking of you. Yeah, yeah, you're still in group chats and stuff. So, you know, we're always in contact with them. So shout out to them. So um, I think they got an all clear this afternoon. So that's, that's, that's good news. So good, good. been a bit of upset in that family recently. So, yeah, tough times. But 
Speaking of much worse tough times, of course, around Australia has been the fires have been raging on for, for literally months now, um, you know, and essentially sort of working their way south. And obviously it's, it's hit a real head the last couple of weeks um, down sort of South Sydney into Victoria and, and all those sort of spaces. So so I just wanted to cover across, you know, what sort of things are happening in around, you know, if you're looking for support. So rounds, the FFA has said that round 14 and 15 of the A-League, so that's the next two rounds, and round 9 slash 10 of the W-League, are going to be in support of all the bushfire victims. So they seem to be supporting rural aid with uh, so football for fire-affected farmers. So it's a look, really looking trying to look after the farmers in these sort of affected areas. Uh, not sure each club's probably going to do its own thing. I know the Melbourne teams were planning on sort of donating proceeds from games and $2, I think, from each ticket from that Melbourne derby last weekend went to sort of some you know, things. Uh, it would seem that Brisbane will be auctioning off our black kits from the game against Adelaide, uh, as that's the only time we're going to be wearing them. I know A-League memes, uh, as stupid as is, uh, they've actually got a lot of influence around this league. So they've been able to get gear from every club. Probably Melbourne City came through deluxe with a, with a lot of stuff for them. And uh, so they'll be doing a promotion with all funds to go support victims and, and a bunch of different charities. Uh, I've been seeing the Ladies League doing a lot of things with some promotions. Uh, the PFA players donated $1,000 per goal scored in the last A-League and W-League um, rounds combined. I think Matty Ryan and... Aaron Moy over in the Premier League, I think, sort of did some sort of similar contribution. I think that I think it's like two, two or ten grand a goal or something. And maybe yeah, not ten grand. At least I'm not sure what the do you know what Matty Ryan and I can't remember. No, but can't. but uh, it, you know the, that movement has uh, spread. You know from Nick Kyrgios, who yeah. was the first to start that, and it's gone on to NBA basketballers. You know you've got Dirk Nowitzki out there um, matching. Yep. Matching donations, you've got, you know, people. How many points? Across. How many money will Ben Simmons give if he shoots a three pointer? Well, he's scored two this season. <laughs> I, so, know, I, know, uh, he, I know, but how much? It should be a million per, per, per three, three pointer. Yeah. I think his coach would probably give him a million. <laughs> yeah. He would do that for him. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Matt Yerman. Apparently, I'm blocked by Matt Yeoman on Twitter, which um, surprised me. But anyway, he was... I've been blocked by Matt Yeoman. <laughs> I think he was my first ever, like, you know, player block <laughs> oh. back when he first played for us. Yeah, okay. Because <laughs> uh, I thought he was shit back then, yeah. and I was right. Matt Yeoman was donating money for every pass, I think he did on the weekend or something like that, like $20 yeah. for every pass. Yeah, Carlton was going to do the same for the women's. Yeah, and I think I, I saw, like, Nat Tatham in her Instagram say that she was uh, showing she was donating. So I think a lot of, you expect a lot of the players to be donating over these couple of, next couple of rounds. Absolutely. Getting outside the world of football, you know, you have, like, extra podcasts being done by... Uh, by groups, I know like Topflop did a special episode. They've yeah. raised 30, 40, 50 grand. There's special concerts going on with so with getting massive and yeah, Celeste Warnies Barber's uh, orphan off his cap. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I saw Dane Beams uh, in the AFL is optioning off his premiership medal, medal, which you know they're. Really that's really cool like so so much going on karma kegs at bars and breweries in a couple of uh, yeah. there's a whole day next uh next weekend lapathons and hill if you donate and you send it to the right twitter account the prove you donate you get sent some nudes so yeah you know there's right. a lot of unique ways that this world is operating in and that lady she's raised like half a million dollars there's like a half a million 750 dollars. at last seven hundred fifty thousand. yeah yeah Got her, um, got her like Instagram account banned though, which, um, yeah, anyway, but <laughs> yeah, her Twitter account's still roaring. Whoops. So, you know, if there is so much going on. Yeah, the Celeste Barber thing's insane how much money they're raising. Yeah, so it's up to 45 million. Oh, um, yeah. a day behind on that one. Yeah, like the, the numbers are just insane. Like the numbers of how much of Australia has been burnt and it has affected every state. And... I mean, it, it is sort of worldwide donations as well. Mm. It's, 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 uh, it's a lot of outpouring, not just from the Australian community, but from the international yeah. community. Um, my the the one like I don't want to get into sort of political stuff, but I think it's very sad that we have to, um, you know, be in a position where we have to donate, and this is not being, you know, this it's sort of recovery done. effort is not being, 
you know, guaranteed to be covered by the government, you know. Um, but the thing is, we need this to happen because, unfortunately, there there are towns that have been almost literally wiped, wiped off, off the map. map. Yeah. And we feel for you guys. It's it's you, you literally yeah. have gone through hell. And that's and like we know that like obviously what in the end what Queensland suffered through the our patches in the end is actually nothing compared to what some of these places. But you know Queensland yeah. was certainly affected and oh like, certainly and, and and I mean we've had rainforest burned mm. like that's the sort of stuff where you just go yeah this is unprecedented and we've seen that unprecedentedness uh, yeah unfortunately filter south mm. as the summer has gone on. So um, the 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 one point I'd want to make. You know, um, once again, not political. You know, obviously, people have lost homes, lost their lives. You know, it's obviously very tragic. But with the latest estimate is that there's half a billion na- animals, mm. native and otherwise, that have uh, perished as a result of these fires, including on Kangaroo Island, one of our only chlamydia-free koala populations. Yeah. Um, it has been really, really heavily yeah, I didn't realise I was such a sanctuary for that, and that is just... Because like, chlamydia like, is almost like devastating the koala community, the koala population in Australia. Yeah, and, and so, so that problem. that is like the... Re, that's a really devastating loss, and that is going to take a long time to recover from. Um, so the, the one sort of charity I would kind of... You know, you know, the one sort of charity that I've sort of um, made a point of donating extra to um, is there's a, um, a GoFundMe for the uh, Kangaroo Island um, Wildlife Centre. Um, that's the one that I'm, I've kind of made a point of donating to. Obviously, anybody that's able to donate to any cause at the moment is welcome. But you know, I, I just wanted to make a point of mentioning that because um, you know, the, obviously, the human impacts and the um, you know, the property impacts are very obvious, um, whereas... Um, I mean, the Port, the Port Macquarie, uh, you know, Koala Hospital, uh, you know, a lot, of, a lot of donations were to that, you know, that's a month ago, and, and driving down south, and it wasn't too much along the highway, but it really went in my grandparents live in Foster, and just north of them, uh, that was all completely Huge, yeah. and that was yeah. two, three weeks before it, and you could still smell the smoke in the air, like, it's all still smoldering away, until we get solid rain, like, there's lots of areas where it's sort of calmed down, but until there's good solid rain to really wipe it all out, and... And I'm just not sure what's happening, and and it is sad that like it, it has been sad the way our government has dealt with it, and yeah, yeah, yeah. and it's I, 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 it, I, it, it's been a it has been a failure of leadership, and that's something for that's that's not something that we want to blame here, but it's yeah, it's it's very oh, sad. It, it's it's definitely something that I want to blame here yeah. because they, they just go and read it, go and read it, yeah, yeah. And, and and look honestly, they've completely fucked it, and Scomo is an absolute cunt, and um, he can get fucked. And his government can get fucked and everyone associated with the Liberal Party and the National Party and the One Nation Party and the Cata Party can get fucked. That one was from Ben Clark. <laughs> yeah, 100%. I think that will do us for today's episode. On, on Yang, that, you've got something. What do I, you... I do. On, on that note, um, can I just um, thank you, audience? But I'm just going to say something to you right now, audience. Listen to what I'm saying to you. You've earned it. Go have a lie down or even just talk to your boss and say, hey, I need a day off tomorrow because you have literally just sat through a marathon podcast literally maybe our longest marathon i asked the good sir pricey to time where we're up to in recordings and it is longer than a literal marathon so you've earned it I mean, take, take the day off tomorrow well i mean i couldn't run a marathon this fast but you, uh, you need you need sick leave yeah. off because your brain yeah. your brain is damaged because you've listened to us that's what long. happens when we have eight games and, of football to talk about i have a meeting in a few hours yeah exactly we, we need to, <laughs> it's now the next day we really need to get stuff all right stop talking all of you Thank you, V. If you got to this part, well done, listeners. Um, we'll catch you all again next week with a much shorter episode. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Bye.